Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. of Swoops World Late Night. And it is, what is it today? Maybe July 30th, huh? Is it really? Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> Moving right along. Good times, good times. T-Bone's in the house. Yo! Tonight's guest, Steve Delamater, has arrived. How you doing, Steve? All right, Swoop. Looking forward to uh, chatting with him. And uh, he's got a new, uh, new, new EP out. Yeah. It's a world premiere right here in our show Woo-hoo! tonight. So good right. We love those. Exactly. How's your week been, man? It's been okay. You know, I, I haul my kids to... To, to like you know camp in the morning pick them up and, they, and they're like as far apart as possible so that, that makes for some I have had to fill up my gas tank in two consecutive weeks which I never do I never you know me I, I usually ride more miles than I than I drive so I've been doing a lot of driving but uh, and it's all the way in Redonda so it's like one way or you know either there or back I'm in I'm in rush hour yeah so that sucks but other than that it's good kids are loving it so it's it's they're worth fun. It's, oh they're loving it yeah it's it's worth the effort but uh, and I actually got some surfing in today because oh, okay. the downside is I got to do all that driving the upside is they're gone for long <laughs> periods of the day big solid block big of time. solid block man I went and I went down to the beach I had coffee I sat and watched the waves for an hour before I even went in the water <laughs> surfed for like an hour plus and I just laid on the sand. And I still had time to come home and like do all the stuff I had to do. It was luxurious, yeah, man. Relax, man. Yeah. So that's the like I said, that's the plus side. The downside is the rush hour track I've been in. Yeah, well. T Bone. Oh man. I have had a, a pretty decent little like last four days. Yeah. You guys uh I don't know how many of the listeners, but you guys here in the studio are aware of the saga involving my last vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Tomorrow, I will see that vehicle hauled off, and I will never have to look at it again. <laughs> and a check should be in the mail for said vehicle sometime this week or early next week. So, uh, all that check was him telling you what needed to be done. And all, yeah. All, <laughs> I got done. He was just to sue. Yeah. Make stuff happen. You didn't even actually have to sue. You just had to threaten it. How nice is that? So, and this is this has been how long? Like six months? Nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Oh, my Honestly, God. 
was looking forward to suing so I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we'll get the money anyway. The money without uh, without yeah, having I mean, lawyers fees taken out and deal with. Having to go to small claims. Yeah, yeah, that's way better. That's good. That's definitely a win, man. Uh, good for you. <laughs> all good, all good. Well, let's take a quick break, come back, introduce our guests, and get things rolling. How do you think? Sounds good. You're listening to Swoops on the Talkstar Radio Network, and we're going to be back after this. We're going to listen to one of those Steve's right out of the gate, and this is City Lights. That's the title cut, man. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you. 
First you gave me the key, then you throw it aside Getting lost in my head as we go for a ride Up and down in the streets with the pimps and the freaks Not you, or not you, but you can take a candor Listening to the late night bystanders Whispering little urban tales about a thousand loves brought no avail And so I guess I'll let you be and have your unrequited fantasy When you're drowning in the neon sea of blue, is that really you? Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and (laughs) theshelterpetproject.org. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, there's a sharp phone on the wall. You're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swoops Road and Talk Story Radio Network. We're happy to have as our guest the return of Steve Delamater. How you doing, Steve? Hey, Swoop. What's going on? Good. Um, I'm not hearing him real well, man. Is, uh, hi, good? hi, 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 hi. I don't know. Hi. I don't know why not. Near. I'll mute the other one make sure. Far! <laughs> no? Yeah, it's the same one. Oh, just, uh, just, I don't know why. Check his levels. This is the highest. I'm just talking <laughs> on the mic. Talking on the mic. Talk, talking on the mic. Make sure everything's. Nothing's loose. All Unique right. New York. I don't That's know. Better. Unique better. New better. York. Much better. <laughs> All right. 
So, man, how's it going, brother? It's going, Swoop. It's good to be back down here in the lovely city of Long Beach. I got mixed up on the drive down here this time, but it was okay because I got more familiar with the city grid of, of Long Beach. <laughs> I like cities that have very straightforward, yeah. like, you know, block by block uh, urban planning formats. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Took Long Beach Boulevard all the way down to Bixby. And because uh, I can't remember east from west when it comes to getting <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that was cool. You guys have a nice little neighborhood around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. I'm glad you got to explore some of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you explored the right neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I drove past Bort on the way down here, up by the uh, up by uh, what was it, the 91, the uh, south of right there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's a street called Bort. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time we talked to you, you were you were just finished. Up this EP, and now uh, now you're done, and uh, you're just about ready to release it. Tell us a little bit about uh, the process and went along with that one. Huh? Um, it was something new, uh, to put it most succinctly. Um, up until this point, most of the recordings I'd done was me reclusively wallowing away in my room with a little. Uh, digital four track recorder just scurrying away every little thought I could put <laughs> down onto a uh, recording medium. This actually took a little extra brain power from uh, a few collaborative minds that I was lucky enough to work with. Uh, my producer Mike Macias, my engineer Kevin Chavez, uh, my trumpet player and my brother-in-law Taylor Wielden. Um, yeah, oh Mike played drums on the on the EP too so um, yeah just it was uh, it was, it was different as I, I learned how difficult I am to work with uh, <laughs> throughout this whole process. But, um, did you learn or did somebody bring it to your attention? I, you know, <laughs> in so many words, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, so, but uh, no, it, it was cool because it uh, forces you to re-examine your own songs at a, at a pace that's external from what you're usually thinking they should be. So, um, yeah, Mike... Kevin, they brought a different perspective to it. Kevin um, uh, Taylor was just a breath of fresh air, bringing in like on the horn lines that you just heard on that last song right there. Just took the songs in a totally different direction. So um, yeah, I was really grateful to be working with those guys on each of these songs. Each of these songs had their own kind of little obstacles with them, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with how how it all came out, and it's out there for the universe now. <laughs> now you were saying that you know getting getting a horn placement in that, in that last song there it took some work. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I'd never had horns on a song before, unless I happened to have hooked it up to my Yamaha keyboard and done one of the <laughs> uh, horn lines quite like that. So um, bringing in in Taylor. It just, uh, it's like, okay, other musicians who have really cool, unique, different sensibilities about things. Or it's just like, hey, let's let's try... The, the give and take was the coolest part of the whole recording process. And um, it's like, hey, let's let's try this, this line kind of like this. And it's like, okay, well, all right, I'll try it like this. Maybe if I change this one thing right here. And never at any point were there big blowouts be like, no, forget you. That's like, it can't be like that. But um, just uh, the portions were... Like Taylor would suggest something and he would change it up a little bit or Mike would do this or there are parts in different songs where just um, you know you know Mike and Kevin and Taylor would think of something and just take the songs almost like into their own hands and I was like okay just kind of like letting go is actually one of the coolest parts of the recording process just being like hey you know just having trust in the people that you're working with to really 
take it in an interesting direction because they know you well enough to, you know, bring out the best in you. Right. Well, <clears throat> I know when you're when you're doing that and it's it's your own work and it, you know, like you said, sometimes it, you know the letting go is you know one part of the process. But it's not like you've I mean, as you work you're in other, other bands and stuff. You've worked with other people. Um, quite frequently what was the difference just because it was basically a solo um yeah this was um yeah i guess the uh, unique thing about this was um having people that knew me well enough to kind of bring out uh things in my own sound that i wouldn't even really picked up on yeah uh just little progressions between here and there uh just, just a small little emphasis of things with, uh, you know, melodies that I just didn't even realize were in, like, underlying parts of the song. So, like, going back and just listening to, to different things here and there, like, bridge portions and, uh, you know, changing up, like, vocal harmonies and melodies that I, you know, it was like, okay, just, they, they forced me to kind of stretch myself a little bit more than what I was used to, just, you know sitting wallowing in my room by myself huh? you know for hours on end so um yeah so that's uh yeah that that was uh the, the cool part of of this whole project <laughs> sounds like some stuff going out of the magic alley back there right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um when, when you when you started this this the, the cp did you already come in knowing uh, i got these four or five songs ready to go or did you come in with the songs and and then expect to do a lot of changes along along the way. Well, originally there was a meeting of uh, Mike and Kevin and uh, my friends uh, Irene Diaz and Carolyn Cardoza, who are actually doing pretty big things musically right now. Uh, wanted to do a full fledged album of sorts, but they said to take a step back and just do a smaller teaser of sorts of an EP. So. Um, an album coming out next year so uh um but uh yeah and so it's like okay so like a smaller kind of sampling of songs means be a little more selective in what uh you put into that package and so i had to go back and look at not so much stuff that i really liked and was fond of but what would be the most cohesive in terms of putting it all together and so i've come on here and i've sang songs about you know, hippies and aliens and stuff, and but monkey the, feet and monkeys, <laughs> monkey feet, <laughs> things of the sort. Um, yeah, but so, but these songs were a little bit more uh, mellow, nostalgic, kind of coming of age kind of songs. But um, so I, but I picked these out and thought they sounded um, pretty well together, and um, yeah, so I'm you know I'm happy with how it all kind of turned out. It might be a little bit different from what uh you guys or what anybody else might think when they hear some of my stuff but you know it's it, you know, it's what i got and you know hopefully you know people like it when uh <laughs> when you're in the studio i have seen you i've seen you live in here i saw you live at uh, the house of blues and there's a lot of energy there um but when you're in a studio kind of surrounded by equipment and, uh, and a you know producer and a few other people helping out do you still have that that same energy depends how frustrated i am <laughs> uh that's one thing i learned with this whole project was just reach and actually a very uh encouraging thing working with mike specifically was taking moments to 
be a little bit more calm and collected mm -hmm. about the uh, recording process or just usually just wanting to get in and just barrel through some of the tracks and just get it till it's just right or just messing up one little thing and wanting to do it over and over and over and over again and like having him be there to you know say hey wait you know stop <laughs> doing what you're doing <laughs> for just a couple minutes put on those crayons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golf sandwich take a nap watch some Teletubbies here's a Snuggie okay go back into the uh, studio here you go Find a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that was uh, that was the cool part of, of that um, getting uh, just learning things now to apply for the next project. Yeah, because you, know, you reach a point in uh, post production for this because um, it's like you know after it was mixed and mastered, it was like oh wait, I could have done this and that and this and that and this. But right. you can't you can't do that yeah. you know with any creative kind of. Thing after a certain point, and you just have to let it go. At some so point, you just have to say it's done. Yeah, it's just so it, it as done of, as it's gonna get. Yeah, and so it's like okay, I'll learn that for the next thing, and just let this kind of be something that captures the essence of what it was all about at the time. So it sounds like these were songs that you had previously played. Is that true? Is that yes. Okay. So now, but now that you've played them, now that you've done the album and you've kind of changed them it sounds like have you played this these songs now in their current kind of incarnation and what sort of feedback have you gotten from people on that um surprisingly positive uh <laughs> well i played a couple of them actually the last time i was on uh -huh. here and exactly. you guys uh you know gave me similar feedback to what i've heard before where it's like wow that's a different kind of sound a thing you could be doing with uh with your kind of music and so we've been encouraged to actually force uh, to go in that little more of a direction um, musically. So, um, you know, just another avenue to go down if I want to do that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to play right here next. Anything you want to tell us about that before we cue it at it? Um, I, I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you listen to the Swim Strong on Talks for Radio Network here with Steve Delevator. This is right here, back after this. Just be in the moment with 
that you're squandering You know you can't recollect if you never gave me your mind Frozen by your touch, cover up your tail Use me as a touchdown a rocky trail I don't want to be in the kind of rush you never get to be Sanctimoniously where you When we stop Floating Free Looking down On the This is Dave from the Dave Matthews Band for Rad. When you go out and party, get drunk, then drive, you're not only loaded, you're a loaded weapon. When you celebrate, designate. Choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. And we're here live with Steve Delamater, and uh, we're talking about his new EP, City Lights. How'd you come up with the name, man? Uh, well, it's named after one of the songs. <laughs> Which uh, came first, the title or the song? The title. <laughs> um, this kind of captured the essence of what I think most of the songs were about. Um, again, the general theme, uh, I suppose, of all these songs that kind of held them together. Um, well, City Lights is kind of, it's its an L.A. love song, I guess is the best way to kind of describe it. So it's, uh, it, 
it kind of describes the story of a couple, and it's just they just happen to be set in the city of Los Angeles. So I mean, you know, it's a big, big old like, uh, you, you know, like you're infatuated with the, the people and the places you are, but there's also just so much going on and can be so overwhelming. I guess, I guess the general theme is just being kind of, uh, kind of being lost without being hopeless, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, you know, because it's you know a lot of just kind of coming of age. Uh, songs I just wanted to book together and just kind of, you know, you know, sum up how I kind of felt about it. And so, um, City Lights about LA. It's about growing up. It's about figuring things out. It's about not getting things right. You know, the first time or ever, depending on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just about a. I guess it's just about keep on. About a. You know. You know, and knowing that you just got to keep on moving. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, the the uh, you know you talked a little bit about uh, you know doing the making making the EP and whatnot, and you said there's probably a, an album coming out next year. Uh, the album going to incorporate some of the songs. Are going to be all new work. There are going to be uh, there could be some new songs. There are going to be songs that I've just been meaning to get put onto a record for a long time. Been writing songs for. A good while now, and I feel they deserve to be committed to a high fidelity recording. <laughs> if I can, you know, say that phrase with hopefully anybody understanding what I mean by that. But um, yeah, they uh, yeah. Next time, sometime next year, in an indefinite time frame, because I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, That's in front of this guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like you don't like indefinite time. Fr- oh, oh, I know. I know. I said that now. All right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. So um. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Next year, have a full-fledged LP, CP, just being a little bit of a teaser of things to come. Nice. So, that's cool. Swing back by here when when that's all said and done. Absolutely, absolutely. You uh, just, just for a quick second. So, uh, gigs. Uh, you, you know, you got the new EP ready to go. I know you. I know you don't have anything lined up right away, but I'm, I'm assuming you're gonna be out. Uh, Plan and uh, doing some uh, promotions. Yep, out promoting, getting a band together because there's a band on the EP. So <laughs> people are more curious to be hearing. So um, and you don't play the horns, right? I could, just not very well. <laughs> I'm not so down. you're gonna you're gonna need to get one of those. <laughs> one of, yeah, screw, screw, screw. That guy and that guy and. Or I can just Dick Van Dyke the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a guy at the swap beat that's got all kinds of stuff uh, right out of the side of his bass. Uh, <laughs> drum kit and guitar. And, oh my God. He's like, going to town, man. One man bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, most likely recruit my, uh, my brother in law, Taylor Wielden. Excellent work. He's in a band called Veterans of Future Wars. Very neat, electro jammy type of band that that I feel like I'm just saying these words about like you guys are looking at me it's like what is that is that a, what is that <laughs> sounds like a hipster talk is that
come in here. I have to have a like an MMA decal on my car. Yeah. Sheesh. All right, we'll do a tribal tattoo next time. You I know you also play with uh, klep- uh, kleptocrats. kleptocrats. I was going to let you try to, you know. I would have got, got, got it. I would have got it, bro. I, I was headed that direction that I would have said, well, maybe it's just wrong. You'll tell me. Mama, Yes, the name of my band is Kleptocrats. Uh, we're based out of Pasadena. Westwood, because those are obviously the same place. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been playing. Uh, Five minutes apart. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, it's like right next door. It's like, hey man, can I borrow some sugar? Okay, cool. Just like drive half <laughs> like an hour <laughs> from you. Uh, yeah, we've been playing a good bit this summer. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, just a new kind of little outlet of different musical stuff to uh, expose the masses to. Um, <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, popular. What's the difference in the, in the, in the music types? Kleptocrats uh, is a uh, um, well, well, the the general sound of it is uh, a little bit more high energy than my solo material. A little more computer rock, I suppose you could say, because uh, you know, 21st century people play music with their computers <laughs> these days, and um, <laughs> and uh, no, uh, the songwriting process is actually. Very organic. Working with my bandmate John Royball, just two of us get together. One of a, like one or both of us bring something to the table, and it's like, hey, how about this? And we're like, okay, and then just kind of texturing, just a lot of give and take. It's a very easygoing songwriting process. With Kleptocrats, it's actually very, um, you know, very, you know, nice little outlet for that kind of stuff. And um, how many people in that? Two. Just the two of you? Two. 21st century. Only me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about it. With all the with all this computer stuff, you probably could do it. With, just you probably one, don't need. You don't probably, you probably just got put the computer on twice as many on as you course. need. Yeah. What it sounds like computers will just run everything from, from now on. I mean, they don't. Yeah, I do or, or no or what's uh, you know. Skynet just went up last week or something like that, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we're actually. <laughs> yeah. So and uh, yeah, we actually upload ourselves into the computer, and it's uh, yeah, you know, like Tron. Yeah. But, you know, so that's that's how we go. It's just meaningless conversation right now. Um. Yeah. So, uh, kleptocrats. Uh. Yeah. That's a cool <laughs> little <laughs> musical outlet. Bring it on home. Save it. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting close to another uh, another quick break, but uh, are you gonna play something live for us this time, huh? This moment? Sure. We well, you coming in, going into the break, or coming out of the break? Um, you tell me, man. Depends how, depends how eager you feel. Uh, let me let me we, save we, this up we, for we, after. All the right. Break. Well, then we're gonna play uh, Wander. Cool. You like it? You're gonna sit in the Super Show and talk to you on network. We're here with Steve Delamater, and this is Wander. Back after this.
come and go Rushing in way too slow It goes so fast You walk right past With a steady flow I hear your chimes They're thinking about you Still having fun, still on my mind. Ain't what it seems, but what does it mean? No, you can't stand the cold, can't stand the feet on your own. You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. 
I may need my spokes tightened too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas, get involved, get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. I'm Kim Kicks. And I'm Pete Kicks. And we're Satellite Sky. And if you're looking for a place to find a great beer, make sure you come to... Sweeps World Radio. It's rockin'. Australia, I believe. Mm-hmm. Brother-sister combo. Brother-sister combo. Get a chance to check them out, Satellite Sky. But we're here right now with Steve Delamater, and uh, you look like you're gearing up to play something live for us, huh? Well, you just asked me to play. <laughs> 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 oh, did I just blow your transparency right there? <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all good. I got you. <laughs> That's good, bro. I like that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Alright, so this one this one's for you guys. Hello. How are you? Have you been alright? Through all those lonely, lonely, lonely nights. I tell you everything If you'd pick up that telephone This is actually happening right now Hey How you feeling? you realize the things we did were all for real not a dream I just can't believe they all fade out of me chew up Come through. Oh, telephone. Line. 
Two seconds in, watching Taylor just laugh. I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, well, during the break, we were, we were chatting a little bit, and you were talking about uh, the, the process of when you were uh, doing the recording and getting things set up for the EP, and you were talking about going out and getting amb- ambient sounds. Tell our audience a little bit about that. Oh, well, that, was, that was the attempt. This was like my attempt to be like, it's gonna be like dark side of the moon. There's gonna be like clocks and people talking and you know, you know, wilderness and wildebeests and stuff. No wildebeests on the EP, but um, not that many. In no, no, sadly. But aren't there some sports teams named the wildebeests around here? If there were, you would know, and you don't seem to be confirming that. So I'm gonna not talk about that anymore. Um, yeah, no, just the the the, the most. Uh, obnoxious part of the whole mixing mastering process was sitting in the final stages of it and it's like okay all right so we have like two seconds of of this cricket that's just chirping really loudly and frequently that we caught when we went up 
to the. To, I'm going to talk like Bob Ross. For <laughs> and, uh, for, you know, it's right here, and we're going to we're going to make the fade ever so slight, and it's going to be three to four milliseconds, not five. That's too much, and it's going to go right right here under this part of the guitar. And it's like, oh man, it's it, like looking back on it, it's like, wow, how did I sit through all this shit? <laughs> <laughs> so long. But um, yeah, just going, going out to little handheld recorders with Mike and Kevin's, like just like, hey, let's go through downtown, you know, L.A., downtown Pasadena, or hey, let's go up to the Angeles Crest and just, you know, you know and you know, dead at night, just off of, like uh, turnout area along the highway, just like re like really quiet, amazingly quiet, but with a lot of just, you know. Sounds very romantic. Natural sound. It was. Yeah. It was the three of us. We brought a little can, you know, little candlelight <laughs> here. Um, all the meanwhile, and uh, you know that, or there was like a rainstorm that came through when we were in the recording process. I called up my engineer. I was like, "Hey, hey, set up your microphone outside your door. <laughs> Get some of that rain." <laughs> you know. Um, so that that was pretty neat attempt at making like a high concept, you know, album of sorts. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the. Those are the obnoxious parts. So it was difficult. It was kind of a pain in the ass, is what you're telling us. Is it, you can do it again on the next album? I think the whole album will just be, will just be ambient sound. It'll be, it'll, 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 I'm going to... It'll be available at Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. My, my next, my next album is actually going to be, going to be pet sounds. No, but like actual pet sounds. <laughs> Might cover some of the songs from the original album but it's mostly just not even real pets i'll just be like Im imitating pets for <laughs> three hours um speaking of the ep how do people find it how do people get it how do people buy it what, uh, what's the process um, check it out stevedelamator.com it'll be made for purchase within within the next month up on the website go there find all the information you need on the acquisition of this this ep my baby my only baby right now, <laughs> and uh, yeah, gonna just just send it out there for you know far and wide for all those to to find. Yeah. On a yep, I'm just gonna stop talking. Before <laughs> <laughs> I say anything else. <laughs> well, we try to cover a lot. Is there anything you want to mention or talk about that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Um, it's uh. Guys, never tell you about that. I love, I love this bar. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Just uh, no. I th thank you guys for always being so cool to me. Whenever I come down here, just hanging out feels nice, easy going, and natural. And I'm happy that I got a chance to premiere the EP right here on yeah. World Banner. Hey, you guys are all on the banner. Yeah, you banner, man. No, I truly appreciate it, and the, and the fact that you uh, you did you did do this with us and. Uh, queued up we're going to play here in a minute mm -hmm. uh, it'll be winter's day mm -hmm. um version you want me to play um yeah and so we'll, we'll do that in a minute because <laughs> you know you like it um when it comes to you know when it, when it comes to gigs and stuff uh you, where, where do most people can find you you're playing the pasadena area silver lake uh, Pasadena, Silver Lake, mosey on down here to, to Long Beach and your guys' back of the neighborhood 
that's not a real phrase. Um, yeah, just, you know, mosey down here eventually. Yeah. I'm over this, uh, check out this Fiente Iagua you've been telling me about for a little while. Yeah. I think you'd have a good time. Yeah, that'd be a good, good fit for you, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. Get in there and uh, tear it up, man. Yeah, I, I saw him at uh, Rasa Pez. Okay, so he's really laid back here, but when he's on stage, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of a wild man. Right? <laughs> 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 um, Not like Ozzy Osbourne wild yeah. man, but you know. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Keep the, keep the, the caged animals off the stage. So, um, yeah. Good, 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 good show. A good, exciting show. It's uh, very, very, uh, very entertaining. Look forward to seeing you play uh, elsewhere sometime soon. Yeah, man. Nah, man. You good? You good? You got a word? Used up my words. <laughs> yeah. You just sit in silence. Just like that. It's like a couple minutes. Sure. <laughs> 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 Hold it. <laughs> well, we're closing in on Are you going to hang with us for brewskis? Kick it to Brewskis. Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Network. Steve, uh, once again, I want to thank you for uh, for coming in. It's always a pleasure to, to have you in the studio. We always have a great time with you. It's a lot of fun. Always so. great being here, Swoop. We are going to take a quick break, uh, listen to Winter's Day, uh, yeah, Winter's Day, and uh, come back and do a little Brewski taste. See you, Oh, these 
Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt, we live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. What's up, guys? This is Jarrett. This is Patrick. This is David. And we are Haster, and you're listening to Swoops World Radio. Yeah, baby. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the most important part of the show, the beer tasting part. This is where you usually say no offense to the guests. No offense to the guests. I mean, you know. But I think even Steve would agree with us. Beer is really important. It's super important. Probably the most important thing that we do. I mean, let's be honest. That's what, that's what, that's what uh, Satellite Sky said. Uh-huh. I mean, for their issue, their thing is, is, if you're looking for a good beer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, so tonight we're having uh, one of our favorite breweries is Lagunitas. Uh, we've, we've had in their past the Maximus and... I forget which other ones we've tasted little officially. Something. We've had them little, something, oh, something. little something. Uh, and then there's brown sugar. Brown sugar. And this beer sucks. Pop, uh, uh, Pop stupid. Pop stupid. Hop yep. Stupid. So there's some good beers out there that these guys do. This is a new one. I haven't had this one. And it's their nighttime 
Fear the Dark. Uh, and it is, uh, they don't have a whole lot. It sounds like it's a seasonal that's just come out. So, I mean, it's not even on their website. website. There's a picture on their website, but there's no description of this beer on their website. And uh, so all we do know is that it's 73.4 IBUs. That's international bittering units. And its alcohol content is 8.6%. So that's nice. Um, it sounds like this is a, you know, a, they're calling it a Black IPA, I think is what I, I read. Uh, yeah, Black IPA, uh, a beer for midnight. So uh, we're a little early, unless you're on the East Coast, then we're, uh, we're right there. Right on time. Uh, so th- apparently this also sounds like it's they have an uh, opposite beer of this called Daytime IPA. So this is the, the counter to that, I guess, is what they're doing. So uh, that's as much as we know. It sounds like it's so new that there's not really a lot of info out there. I think they want to keep us in. Uh, it sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like it. Uh, its availability is uh, is the bombers, which we're drinking here, and uh, sounds like it's April to June. So we may have be drinking one of the last ones of these for the uh, for the year here. Yeah, you know. What are you gonna do? Yep, yep. That just means it'll taste better than ever. So uh, black IPA, Lagunitas. Taste it up, boys. Uh, to Steve and his uh, yeah. EP. Hey, man. And, then to, and to being on the show. Salud. Hmm. All right, the way it rolls, and I know you've been here before, but we will go through it again, Steve. First uh, time we go around, tell us what you think, honest opinion, whether you like it, don't like it, what you like about it, what you don't like about it, and then we'll go around with that, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll score it on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. So, uh, what are your thoughts? Tastes, tastes like a roll of wheat bread. <laughs> well, you're from Pasadena. That's like right up your alley, then, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wh- huh? I don't follow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of uh, you know, like a granola eaten. Uh, oh, you know. yeah. I just, again, but just because they wear plaid. I'm just saying. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it tastes like a different grain. Like after. <laughs> Do the precip, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, hey, you gotta do a, a safety yeah. sip, you know? Yeah. Just think things <laughs> over. Think things over. Give yourself a chance to, you know, do it. <coughs> yeah, it's. Per- well, I still have the little bit of the monster kind of left on my palate, so I might be tainting it a little bit. Oh, that's severe tainted. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's taint. Red flavor is messing up with your black beer flavor. <laughs> yeah, dark and, dark and weedy. Uh, right. Let me think about it. You think about that? We'll go over to Peter. Um, I don't know if I like this. Um, there's I'm getting a weird flavor that I'm not sure it's even supposed to be there. It's it's there. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It's uh, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm still. I'm. This is a weird one. This is a weird beer. And this is like we've talked about California IPAs and all that. That stuff's made up. But black IPA is totally made up. That's just. Just a made-up category. And it's um, tricky because they're not telling us what to taste. And exactly, so no, like oh, you're going to pick up notes of leather and cigar right. box. Or like that, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I will say um, it's not especially hoppy, uh, and I find it to be almost sweet on the palate. That's uh, and you know me, I don't really care for a, a sweet beer. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, you're on the fence. Yeah, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I like it. Um, I'm not getting the sweetness you're getting. Uh, it's not. It's not as hoppy as I normally like. Right. Um, but I, I, I like the. Uh, I like the balance of it. I think. I think for me, it's 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 pretty well balanced. 
Um, I like the way it feels. I'm almost tasting a spicy flavor. I don't. You oh, I can that? see that. I like can a... sense that. I can sense that. But it's not. I think that's one, what's throwing it's me. It's not one that I don't. You know, there's something I get some spice that I just yeah. don't like. Um, and they don't say anything about whether there's a spice in here or not. But uh, I like the color. I like the way it feels. Yeah, like that. I think it's a, for me. I, I like it. I like it uh, quite a bit. Debo. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's almost smoky. There's, there's mm-hmm. like a, a smoke. To almost, it. but not yeah. quite. Almost. Yeah. Liquid um, smoke. <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. For us apartment can... dwellers, sometimes yeah. that's the best you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> if you get into real smoke, you're in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, for having no frame of reference, and other than 8 point, how many? 8.6. 8. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they warned us it was only 73 IBUs. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's that's. Fair. Yeah, actually, on the website here, on this site here, it says seventy six, but on the bo- on the bottle, it actually says sixty five. So that bottle says sixty five. Yeah. And this, this here says seventy three on the label. On the label, but then down here, wow, it says so seventy six. So, so much misinformation. I like. They really yeah. are keeping. It <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly fine with this, man. I, I could drink. If it cools off just a smidge more tonight, I could drink another whole one of these bombers. If it doesn't, then I mean I'm going to take a cold shower anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, on a scale of one to ten, ten being best. Um, I could, well, let me revise my my critique of it a little bit. Um, it has a I, under, I understand Safety the sweetness sip. a little bit. It kind of has like a flat Coke taste to it. Like if you yeah, it, like yeah. A, like a loaf of bread, and you just poured a bunch of flat coke over top of it, and then you ground it up into a beer. Yeah, all right. But that is one of the most good. detailed descriptions we've ever had. Why is a songwriter? But I mean, whoever thought of a little bit monkey feet? He did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I'm, I'm with. The, we trying to keep it to whole numbers right here. No, you, can, you can give decimals, you can give fractions. Whatever you like. How many decimals? <laughs> Let's keep it to three or less. Hmm. Significant digits. Seven point. <laughs> if you're going three, make it in like eighths, please. <laughs> like point one two five, point two five, point. That, yeah, that one. Which one? One two five? Yeah. Alright. So what's your score? Seven point? One two five. Alright, cool. Oh, all right. Fractions, people. That's seven and an eight. Um, Thank you for complying. <laughs> That'll make it easier for me to butcher it. Yeah, otherwise he'll take his abacus and blame. Yep. <laughs> you know, I don't know. This is a this is an odd one. Uh, I also think uh, that this is really not the ideal night, as as Tipo kind of hinted it's at it. It's a little warm for a big, heavy beer like that. So this might have gone down a little different, uh, you know, in middle winter, but. They're offering it April or June, so it's not like yeah, it's just, just what you got to do, right? Uh, so all that being said, I'm not in love with this. It's probably like the first one of their beers that I just didn't really, really like. And I'm, I'm probably going to give it just like a five and a half. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least uh, I didn't do three decimals. I, I, I'm going to say seven and a half. Um, so I don't see. Soup. Helping you out there. <laughs> he could have really hey, messed with you. Here. It's up to you to help me out there. Because yeah, right. <laughs> all right, well, you know, I mean, we're at twenty point twenty and an eighth right now. Just keep that in mind. Um, 
you know, midnight or two in the morning in Petaluma in <laughs> June, April, May is much different than midnight here in June. That is April, true. May. So, I mean, I would definitely drink this up there pretty much every night of the week, I think. Assuming I could get is it. Is there a Petaluma? Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I thought they were south. <coughs> they are. They're central. That away. Yeah. That away. <laughs> Let's get angular here. That way. Yeah. yeah. Follow the coast. Um. Kind of fun night. <laughs> Anything you talk about on the air? No. <laughs> you don't have to name any names. <laughs> well, I can tell you that my score is going to come along with a .875. I figured it might. I think I'm going to give it a six and seven eighths. Okay. And that's still going to screw me in the long run because that's going to give us. Uh, That'll work out okay. No, it won't. We're screwed. Uh, 27 divided by 4 is still not fun. But <laughs> it's 6 and 3 quarters. So. 6 still, and 3 still, quarters. Still above the, above the frame there. Yeah. Yep. 6.75 yep. for you decimal folks out there. Peter, what are we eating with this? I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. To me, this is... this Peter's is marinating with this, aren't you? Yeah, marinated. You know what? This was sweet enough to... Like, this would be a dessert beer for me. That's how, that's how really, sweet. You can have much sweetness out of the it. The more I'm drinking it, the more sweet I'm getting out of it. And, and there's still, there's hops in there, so it's not just like straight. Well, it's not, it's not like the kind of hops we're used to. Right, right. So for me, this is, that's where that, I put that in. But you know, this probably would go well with like a chocolate souffle. Something like that, you know, uh, if you wanted to go that way. Because it, it, it's got that sharp. This would probably be something that would go with all sorts of chocolatey type desserts if you wanted to go you know that way. I, was, I, was thinking, I think when I think about, like, the main course, I think it would go good with the, they're kind of sweet, the Korean ribs, the Korean uh, barbecue ribs. Yeah, good yeah. On the sweet side, I think this would go real well with those. Yeah. So that's where I would go. I would probably do this as a dessert, you know. That's why I would do it. But if you did want to do that... Think uh, heavier meats and stuff like that. With me and, and desserts, I don't really like. If I'm gonna have dessert and it's and I got beer, then beer's my dessert. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's perfect. I don't mix with anything else. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a wine with the chocolate thing or something. Right. Uh, usually with the beer, it's just like this is uh, my dessert. So I'll just see how that works. I'm with you, man. Yeah. Right here. Any last thoughts, man? Um. Yeah, we need to pour a Coke over a cup of <laughs> <laughs> There you have it, another news from Brisky. It's not sponsored by drinks. Comes in a box. Comes in a box. That's a box of twelve. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if that's how you define case, then absolutely correct. Semantic. <laughs> there you go. Ah, the bastard. <laughs> I just didn't want anybody to have any false expectations. Uh, nine thirty-ish. We're gonna have Anthony Davis call in. We're talking to him about a little sports topics. Of course, we got T Bone's timeout coming up after that. Uh, but until then, we're just uh, just gonna have a little fun here. We're still Steve Delamater in the house with us. DraftKings, man. DraftKings.com is an entertaining place for those of you who like the idea of fantasy sports more 
than the week in, week out monotony that can come along with it at times. Uh, and when I say that, I'm not bagging on fantasy sports. I'm just saying it's kind of front-loaded in terms of excitement. And then after you figure out what you've got, you end up trying to collude and intrigue your way into something or maybe luck your way into something. Just pick your pick your horses and see where they go, and then pick another one next week. That's the idea behind DraftKings. So if you're on SwoopsWorld.com right now listening, just head over to the right side of the page, just to the right of the chat room, and click on that banner ad that says $20 million guaranteed. guaranteed. I'm going to throw up the Dr. Evil pinky right now. Because $20 million. I mean, how could you... You get a free entry into a ridiculous amount of money that could possibly... Come your way, and I don't think they have to disclose what the chances are because, you know, they're like a private company or something. Um, I don't know. McDonald's has to tell you how much, what your chances are on Monopoly, so they probably have to tell you too. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, none of us work for DraftKings, so we're eligible too, right? Or did you sign us into something? Am I not allowed to win big money? You can win. All right. That's right. I'm not, I'm not even a paid employee of Swoops World. That's right. So I can win whatever the hell I want. You're going up against me for $20 million, folks. If you want to come beat me at $20 million giveaway, get on there right now. It's swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings or click on the DraftKings banner on the right side of the page. Tonight. Absolutely. Where to bike Orange County, man? Where to bike Orange County. It's a book I wrote. Uh... Part of a travel series, uh, and I covered the 85 best rides in the OC. 30 of those are kids' rides, uh, totally, you know, car-free, safe, you know, except for the trees. Try to get them to avoid the trees. Uh, safe for your kids to figure out how to ride. And then when they're ready to go those longer distances, there's another 50 rides or so uh, that cover very casual Four, five, six-mile rides with lots of things to do. The much more challenging 50, 60-mile rides with lots of hills and headwinds and all that type of stuff. Um, every ride has an accurate map and ride log. There's a companion app that goes with it. Places to stop and eat. Uh, so, so, uh, points of interest. And uh, and Swoop's in the book, too. So check it out, man. You'll see if you find, find Swoop. It's like, where's Waldo? That's right. That's right. Uh, so, Where to Bike Orange County. Uh, it is available in the local bookstores, Barnes & Noble, and REI is carrying it. Local bike shops are carrying it. And, of course, you can get it on the mega store known as Amazon. If you're going to go that route, uh, go to the Swoop's World homepage and uh, click on the banner ad there, and it will take you to the Amazon and it will which who, they'll deliver it straight to your doorstep and we'll earn a few pennies along the way. Absolutely. Check man. it out. That's, I'm, that's what I'm talking about, Peter. You're, you're in the ball, man. You got this shit down now, huh? <laughs> Practice makes perfect. For all your fitness needs, go see our good friend Jack Nunn over at Roadworks, R-O-W-O-R-X, located at 5750 Bolt House Lane right here in Long Beach. You can give him a call at 562-688-1716 or reach him on the website, www.roworx.com. For uh, indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, and much, much more, he's still out there running triathlons. He's uh, doing some personal training for triathletes, but... Uh, all your fitness needs, check out Rollworks. Let them know Swoops World sent you. Your first week is free. Audible.com. Audible.com. Audible.com is a great way to listen to your books for those of you who, for whatever reason, don't want to read them or, or want to do both. Uh, there's 150,000 titles. 
Great for when you're in the car, as I have been lately, you know, <laughs> sitting in traffic. Uh, Swoop, you listen to them uh, as you as you ride. Yes, I do. Uh, so, uh, the, you're, yeah, and you've done like six now, right? Yeah, six the, or seven? The, the one I just finished uh, was a uh, abridged version. Uh, mm -hmm. It was very funny. It was Adam Carolla. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Taco Bell material. Fantastic book. His read, his tangents, his stories. Outstanding. Uh, you know, it's funny because... You look at these, and you can you can hear the samples. Oh, that's what I like about it. You can listen to the samples, yeah. sample reads. And I was going to get a, a, a there's a comedian I really like. His name's uh, Gaffigan, Jim, Jim Gaffigan, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think he's hilarious. He's funny. I watched him on TV. Watched his stand up and stuff. Uh, he's got a book out, but his his book read to me felt like he was reading his book. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. It, it, and then it didn't uh, it didn't flow as well as what I'm used to his style of, uh, of comedy. It, I guess if you're not used to style, it might be a good thing. So just, I passed just, on that. Just search for Jim Gaffigan Disney World on YouTube <laughs> if you're ever curious to introduce yourself to his comedy. <laughs> Peter, I'm sure you've seen this part. No? I don't think so. Oh, you should. Yeah. You need I to see should. it. You, no, you. you need to look at oh, it. Oh, that sounds like a good <laughs> thing, man. Swoop, continue. No, he's hilarious. But I didn't like the, the, the way he was reading his book. So I, uh, I uh, you know, it's kind of moving around, and, uh, and I like Corolla. So he's got several out there, and I think I'm going to have to go back and get uh, a couple of the other ones he's got. I usually like to go for the unabridged because I like the entire, you know, 27 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I went for the bridge. It's only five hours, but he goes on these tangents, which aren't in the book, which, uh, Worked out. Well, that's one of the things we, we've mentioned in the past is that uh, they have a lot of great talent. In this case, you know, he's obviously his own talent. But uh, other talent uh, readers, actors are, are reading these. Uh, so you get some quite entertaining uh, reads. So uh, check it out. If you go to Swoops World homepage, you will click on the link there that will take you to audibletrial.com forward slash Swoops World. I had it this time. Um, and... If you go that way and sign up, your first. <laughs> if you go that way and sign up, you will get uh, your first download for free. Uh, and then, if you continue it, you get like a credit each month, and uh, which is a nice way. Cause the credits are just like kind of a flat rate, and then then you can buy anything. You know, you go, eh, that one's thirty-seven dollars. That's twenty-one. It's all the same. It's yeah, just a credit. Anyhow, and along the way, Soup's World will earn a few pennies. So check that out. Uh, AudibleTrial.com forward slash Soup's World. Color patterns, man. <laughs> if you like to paint or color or finger paint or smudge your nose against surfaces and leave marks. <laughs> and Color Patterns is the app for you. Get on your iPad right now, because we know everyone listening tonight has one. Da, da, da. And get in the App Store and order yourself up some Color Patterns. It's only $1.99. And that's half the price of your morning latte mocha thingamajigger that you're going to have. And you will get the opportunity to play around with all different colors in a bunch of cool patterns. And all you have to do is poke and tap and rub... And do all the things you were going to do anyway. Maybe not until you got out of bed. Maybe whatever. No one is questioning the order. Um, but it's fun. And when you're done, you can share it all over the internet. You know, appropriately, of course. Mm. If you're not done yet, you can undo your mistakes and keep on rolling. When you like it, you can show it to your friends. You can even print it out as a postcard. Send it to them all over the world. 
It's brought to you by the same folks that let us get on the air every week here. For some reason, they still do it, and that's Talk Story Media. And this app is called Color Patterns. Like I said, it's only $1.99. It's in the App Store on your iPad, and it's a great time. You should check it out. Absolutely. <coughs> We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back and... Uh be close to time to get uh, AD on the line, but in the meantime, we're going to listen to a live recorded version right here in our studios of uh, Steve Delamater, Little Miss Monkey Feet. Alright. Alright, here we go. Song called Little Miss Monkey Feet. is a guided meditation on parenting. Take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you hit that piñata into your neighbor's yard. Let it go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Talk Story Radio.
This is Evan from the Bicycle Stand. Stick it in the big ring, and you're listening to Swoops World. And welcome back to Swoops on the Talk Show Radio Network. Once again, I want to thank Steve Delamater for uh, joining us tonight. Always a good time with Steve. And, uh, go to his uh, website, stevedelamater.com. You can also uh, find him on Facebook, which I believe we linked to on our page, uh, right to his Facebook page. He's on SoundCloud and all those other things. Uh, he said this e- the EP will be ready for sale in about uh, three or four weeks. So check back and uh, purchase that for him. Help the brother out. And it's all- He's always good and always good music. T-Bone. Yes. We are about uh, five, ten minutes away from AD, so uh, it's just me and you chat up a little bit, man. All right. Well, you know, hey, could be worse. <laughs> we, we could be uh, sitting courtside at Poly Pavilion right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what they spend on that place? Uh, $130 million. $130 million two years ago. And, you know, that came from our... State tax dollars. But well, I was an alumni association fund. Well, you know, I'm sure there was a little. There, you know, they might try to cook the books one way or the other. But you know, we paid for some of that shit. Uh, and, yeah. now, <laughs> and now, thank God, I don't live in the city of Los Angeles. But you know, eventually, we're still paying for what's going to have to get fixed there too, because yes. the DWP, like it or not, we're we're still somehow beholden to them. They don't they don't officially provide us with anything, but. No, but you know, you hear the the, the pipe that the pipe. If people don't know, they they had a, a pipe burst, a water pipe burst, and lost twenty million gallons of water yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, no uh, big deal. We can pull that out of the sky tomorrow. They said, you know what? They, 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 uh, DWP representative said today that's two percent of the city's daily use. Uh, twenty million gallons. Two percent of the city's ga- wow. Um, the pipe that burst uh, was ninety years old. And the pipe that uh, it was joined with, which also got damaged, was over, uh, it's like 53 Wait, years old. I'm just doing math here. That means that 10 million gallons is 1%, which means that a billion gallons a day from the city of Los Angeles or from the DWP. You're talking advanced math, man. You're just blueprinting. <laughs> I believe that that says that a billion gallons a day. He said it was two percent. Said it was two percent. The guy on the TV. He said today. twenty million was two percent. Yeah. So ten million is one percent times a hundred. Well, uh, you know what? Let me, me, a thousand let me, let me just, million. Let me give you some little some, wiggle, some wiggle room here. Oh, okay, here we when go. They were talking, just like the wiggle room when they said we will be there to fix it in an no, hour when, when or three hours. Him, or? When they were talking to him, they had said there was a, they had lost approximately fourteen million gallons, and that's when he said it's about two percent. And they updated it after they spoke with this guy, which they said it was twenty million gallons. Uh, Still, it's a lot of freaking water. A lot of water. So at that point, you're talking about like 700 million gallons of water a day. A lot of water, crazy water stuff this week, man. We had the, the, the lightning strike in Venice Beach. Yeah, yeah. May somebody rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, somebody else golfing on Catalina. Yeah. We're not throwing you out. <laughs> we're riffing right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we are, we're about to give uh, AD a call here, man. Sport-ish. We were, we were just talking, uh, we were talking about the, you know, the, the UCLA water... Thing, and then we just kind of moved over yeah. to. Uh, How's that working with your uh, with your Westwood contingent there? 
Oh. Because, you um, know, Pasadena and Westwood. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. What water are you talking about? Um, yeah, Apparently uh, some sort of pipe burst or something. Yeah. Like a 93-hole water main? Um, I, I haven't checked in on them. I guess I'll just talk a little bit no, you're good you're good I'll talk to you and you hear what I hear yeah so I haven't checked up on him today usually I do every day he's probably still stuck in traffic it's yeah. fine yeah he's, uh, no big deal he hates life so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's a that's a bummer. It was all like an under underground like sewage line. It, leak it was not a sewage. It was it was, it was a water, water main, main. like a clean water provided, and it this pipe just three <laughs> three foot diameter pipe just <laughs> said fuck you I'm out <laughs> done <laughs> dumping water onto the UCLA campus like I mean at a rate of a couple thousand gallons a minute <laughs> water main did yeah, you see the uh, the Channel Seven debacle? The ABC. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> it was reminiscent of the airplane shenanigans in San Francisco hey, about uh, two years ago. Um, apparently, uh, Slumpu. Yes, the DWP spokesman Louis Slumpu <laughs> called in. Oh, boy. Called into ABC Seven yesterday to give them the really big scoop of shit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> They, they, oh man, they whipped up a graphic on the spot. This is this is DWP spokesperson Louis Slung Poo. Oh man! And he says, "Yeah, uh, you know, we think it might have been a student dropped an M80 down the toilet." They go, "Really? You really think that?" He goes, "Either that or a really big dump." And she goes, <laughs> she says, Really? Have you verified this? And all of a sudden, somebody goes, "Ah, uh, just what he knows." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, right in. Ellen Leva and David Otto. Oh, I mean, they were, they were, they were sucked right in. Man. Never gets old. It never gets old. <laughs> I will not apologize to our Asian American listeners or our non-American Asian listeners because it's just still funny. He I mean, was he was trying to fulfill his duty. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, it was all good, man. <laughs> You know, this this is what's happening. This is the hot story right the now. Hot story, man. In right. the Southland. It's the hot shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over it. All right, let's see if we get AD on the line here, man. Oh man, come on. Did you break it? You broke it. No, no. He you broke know, it. it's one of those things you click on one little scroll bar, and it's the wrong scroll bar, and the one you want is going away. And... Scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll there we go, Good evening. Hey, AD. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, welcome back to Swoops World. We got Anthony Davis, former NFL uh, great USC star, five time NCAA champion, joins us. And uh, how's your day been, man? You doing all right? Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. All right, good, man. <laughs> doing fine. 
we just checking, man, make sure everything's okay. That, we, you and I were chatting a little bit earlier, and uh, you got some you got some ex- excellent topics you wanted to touch on. Let's start with that Dodger lineup. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, watching the Dodgers this year and, and the lineup they have reminds me of the old days of how speed kills. And if you look at their lineup, you look at Gordon, look at Quick, you look at Ramirez, you look at Kemp, look at Crawford. Those are the fastest guys in baseball, collectively. That's the fastest team in baseball, and I think that's the best lineup in baseball. That's just my opinion. And 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 when you got when you got guys that can run all through your lineup, that puts so much pressure on the team's pitching. You see, because you're not really hitting, and you know near enough you get on base. That means you can put pressure on them. You can score just with an off day. But when they're if all of them are on, oh look out! The scoreboard couldn't hold all the points. <laughs> Do you think uh, you know you're talking about their speed, uh, and we're talking you know National League and stuff like that uh, as well. You know, Major League Baseball is uh, offensive speed uh, the the primary weapon these days. Or I mean, we, we got you got pitchers, you got defense, uh, and but you you seem to uh, kind of tap into their speed. Uh, you think that's the primary uh, primary weapon for a ball, ball club? Of course, in baseball, pitching pitching wins championships. But the bottom line is, if you have the pitching and that speedy lineup, that, that's that's a lethal combination. And I don't think anybody in baseball has that. I mean, that's part of. I mean, it's three things. Uh, you have pitching, you got speed in your lineup, and you got defense with that speed. So that's, if you got a speedy team. In those key positions like the outfield, all those guys out there can run. Yeah, I think. And then they cover a lot of ground. So I'm just saying, uh, as a former player myself, and pretty went and played in the major leagues. The bottom line is, these guys can hit, they can play defense, and they can run all day. I mean, you look at Quinn, who, who who can run like Gordon. I mean, he's big and he's strong. He can hit for power. He can do everything. Kemp the same way. Ramirez can do the same thing. And Crawford can fly too, you know. So I'm just saying uh, he gives you key hits at times too in certain situations. But uh, if they're all in sync and those bats are hot, they're telling how many points they can put on the board. They just get better, and, and they're making and they're making a run now for the playoffs anyway. I mean, this is a, this is a World Series team, in my opinion. Well, uh, I mean, like you said, their lineup—they've got. They've got speed in a way that most teams cannot match, and that works no. on both sides. You know, it works out in the field as well. As long as right. Puig, as long as Puig's not running in the walls, he's pretty damn fast. For other players, well, well, the problem the, 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 one of the problems with Puig, and he'll he'll get that. He, he should know that by now. But you know, uh, he he's not disciplined. When he gets disciplined, stop doing. He's like a wild horse. It's like Vince Scully says. I agree with that. But he's getting better. He he can't be running the walls. He can't he can't play characters. He won't last long. You can't play like that and play a hundred some games and, and run up down and, and, and not be careful. You have to be disciplined to play that game. But you know, it's interesting because we were talking about his uh, his lack of discipline last season. Uh, are there improvements? Uh, I, I don't follow all the games, but Peter Peter follows more Dodger games than I do. Uh, you see an improvement, Peter? Oh, I I definitely think so. He's hitting the cutoff man more times than not. He's not running through signals like he was before. Uh, triples in one game, he didn't run through one. Well, game. I'm not saying he never runs through signals, <laughs> but it used to be 
last year. I mean, he didn't pay attention to any signals. Now, you, now you see him. He, you know, he's at least acknowledging there's a signal. Uh, but overall, I would say he's definitely become a better baseball player, like a, a smarter baseball player. I guess is a better way to say it. Uh, I think. Um, and I, I don't watch a lot of games because I don't get. Yeah, but uh, I listen to a lot of games and I watch the the highlights and stuff. And he's looking like the real McCoy. Uh, he has his moments where you're like, oh, you know, he tried to throw the guy out at home and there was no way. And now everybody advanced, you know, and but where he did that a lot last year, he's he's really become a smarter baseball player. I, get, I totally got to give him give him props there. Well, A.D., you mentioned something. You mentioned something, you mentioned something we were talking, which is, is an excellent point, is uh, with this lineup. Just about every time uh, they're they're you know they're up, they, they got runners in scoring scoring position. That's the key. That's the key. You're not hitting these guys in walking steel second. I mean, they're all through the lineup. I mean, anybody, any one of them hurts you. You got, I mean, you got three speed merchants that no one has in the league. One team might have one, but these guys got four guys in flat out run. Nobody, no other team in the major leagues has that. You got McCutcheon in Pittsburgh. You got a few other guys that you can do it, but they don't have four guys in line to run like that. Nowhere in baseball. Nowhere. And that changes the whole scope of the game and how you defense them and how you play offense. You know, you can't pitch the way you want to pitch when you got guys like that. We, uh, with the, uh, let's, let's switch, let's switch sports, same city. Uh, your thoughts on, uh, on, uh, Byron Scott? Well, the thing is with Byron, you know, you know, he's played on, you know, he's coached, uh, you know, he's played on three championships. He's taken two teams to two finals. And uh, the thing is, you know, I mean, I think he's a good coach. He knows the ingredients it takes to make showtime on Lakers. But still, you know, I mean, he's got to have some talent. I mean, and I think the older guys are up. Kobe's older. Nash is older. And, you know, they're coming off injuries. So those are going to be the anchor guys. So Jeremy Lin coming in. He's got to wait and see. I don't, I don't see them uh, in the Western Conference doing, you know, in San Antonio's old, but they got, they got some guys in play. So basically, it's, it's the, team, the team to beat is San Antonio, then Oklahoma, and then Golden State, as far as I'm concerned. Those are the three teams they have to win and beat and dominate. In, in terms of that domination with him, I have to wait and see. I don't know if he can carry the Lakers to, to the playoffs this year. I don't know. Some people, some people think they can. Some people think, say, in two years. But, you know, you as you know, Kobe gobbled all the money up, and uh, ain't that much faith to bring anybody else in there, but... You know, even though Kobe's deserved it, and Brian Scott knows that, things appear coming off Achilles injury. I don't know. Chauncey Phillips proved that. They also lost Paul Gasol. But it sounds like Byron wants to uh, focus on defense. He mentioned something about getting ready to play some defense. Um, he's, you know, he's bringing that old school, old school Laker wisdom back. Um, and, you know, I. I I'd like to see him succeed. I'm not a huge Laker fan uh, for a number of reasons, but I, I like Byron Scott. I'd like to see him succeed. And uh, I wonder if, uh, you know, he's going to get the opportunity to uh, actually show what he's got. Well, the thing is, I think, I think you know, behind the scenes, Kareem, Jamal Wilkes, Magazine Johnson, James Worthy is going to be in his ear, too, helping him. Uh, and, you know, he's going to reach out to those guys, too, in terms of things. You know, they'll, they'll have some off the court and some little – uh, sit downs and some dinner and talk about you know some things that they could put in put put into the mix too. Don't think they're not going to do that, but uh, 
But the bottom line is you're going to need some players to play defense. And uh, the basketball thing, you know, defense wins championships, definitely wins championships in the NBA. So, so they, they got to keep. The thing is, who's going to score too? Well, you got to play some good defense, but who's going to be the scorers? Yeah, and they've, they've got personnel that can put the ball in the basket. They also they need a coach who's going to emphasize the defensive part of it. There's nobody playing in the NBA right now who is not athletic enough to play effective defense. Every, every guy out there on every single team has the talent to play defense. It's just whether or not they're going to get a fire lit under their ass to actually do it. I mean, there, there's not – you don't need to practice shooting. It's not, it's not like shooting three-pointers or free throws where some people just need to practice it over and over again to do it. I mean, yeah, you need to practice your defense, but you need to just decide that you're going to do it, and it needs to be a priority. And it needs to be a priority to the point where if you're not going to do it, your ass is going to sit down and someone else is going to step in and do it. Right. And that's not the case. That wasn't the case under D'Antoni. D'Antoni had the worst Laker record since they moved to L.A. And I'm not going to hold his record against him. I'm honestly not. I mean, I, I still well, think he, that D'Antoni you know, is a good basketball coach. It was I, just the wrong fit. I, I think the reason I, I, I mentioned that and I think he earned it is because of the players he he, he didn't uh, he didn't use Utilized properly. I mean, yeah, he's, it, he's, it was the wrong fit. If he properly. could, if he could have been in LA for five years, with an expectation that he needed to rebuild something, then I think he could have done good things. But it wasn't the kind of situation where he could come in and be successful in year one or two or even three. I don't think with you the current salary NBA structure, if you don't use your big men. And he, he was, he didn't really like to use big men that much. Well, this is what I think. You know, this is this is what I mean. Since I've known Jerry Buss, I knew Jerry Buss for years. Been an SC grad, come to all my games. I've been a lot of Laker games with Bob. I just believe if he was alive, we'd be a whole other different situation. Simply, you know, I just know Jerry. I know how he thought. You know, I think it was a big play for, for uh, uh, Jim Buss. I think it was some internal stuff going on with the Buss family. You know, they just missed shot when when they brought this guy in here. And not only that, he brought him in there, like you just said. You know, he didn't in, in a tough situation. I mean, he came after they got rid of Mike Brown and all that stuff. That's very dysfunctional to have a coach come and take over that kind of situation for anybody. I think the best shot was to bring him Phil back, but then they didn't want to do it. And I think it was internally that that, that they didn't want Phil because the fact it was too close to the situation because of Genie and Phil. I think a lot of that had to play into it. You know, I, I think it was some envy there. That's my personal from the distance. Yeah. And I've heard that from several, for certain people. So, uh, but, but my I think, whole thing I think that's why Byron Scott is going to get a chance to succeed now. Because, granted, they took too long to make this decision. I mean, this this was a decision that fans were hoping for, you know, a month, two months, three well, months ago. This was, it this, was the this obvious was, choice of anybody that was really, truly available. But this they is what had to the do their diligence and shop. And now this, this they, they can't fire this. him two weeks into the season because there's literally nobody available yeah. now. So he's going to get a good shot. Let me tell you something. If, 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 if they don't make the playoffs the next two years, they got to get this man time. Period. You know, Rome wasn't built overnight. So I'm just telling you, you know, you got to give this man some time to build this, this, this program back the way everybody's used to. You know, I mean, if, if they have a tough time this year and even somewhat next year, he got, you know, he's got to emphasize when he talks publicly to, to the fans. He has to emphasize, hey, it's going to take some time. Well, I think I think he gets the time, and the reason I say that is because it sounds like, based on the, the speech he made yesterday, it actually sounds like that Jeannie and her brother are both 
behind this hire. Uh, and I don't think that we've really kind of seen them paired together, working together uh, in agreement on anything for the last few years. So I, I think I think he gets the opportunity because they're both behind this. Well, they better. I, they got to do that. Period. You know, and they, you know they got to measure with how, with how far they got to come, and they got to start building pieces for the future. Kobe ain't gonna be around a couple more years. I don't even think Kobe's ready to play. I don't know if he's gonna finish two years. I don't know. I mean, it depends on his health, too. Yeah. He can drop. Who knows? He can pop that attendant again. You never know what can happen. You know, can he shoot? Can he play defense like he used to? You never know. When you have an injury like that, man, I haven't seen, you, I haven't seen anybody come off an injury like that and be 100% or have or get back to the same thing at that age. I've never seen anybody come off of that. Period. Period. I've never seen it. Let's uh, let's move over real quick. Uh, still in the, in the basketball arena, and, and I know you wanted to touch on – you wanted to touch on Michael Jordan and such, but let's talk about the free agency thing. And you were talking about we were talking about LeBron and all these players and free agency and uh, you know moving around because of free agency. What were your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, you know I was telling you about how a lot of the greats stayed in one team. You know, you start start with Bill Russell. Let's start. Let's, let's talk Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Jordan, of course. The pinnacle, the, the pinnacle of all of this stuff. And the thing is about LeBron, you know, just like LeBron didn't move, he's to Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland. See, the thing is, see, and let's, let's, let's do this first. Is Michael Jordan is everybody else. Let's not even talk about him. He's up on the mountain somewhere else by himself. And everybody else is down in the valley looking up at him. Okay, now, but, but in terms of what LeBron did, in my opinion, as a business person, that was a great business move to go back to Cleveland based on his hometown. He can have a legacy and do a lot of stuff off the court. But in terms of basketball, a legacy in my, in my point, what makes Jordan and them stand out so much, they, they did it all in one place. Jordan did it six times in Chicago. You know he had a stint away from the, the game, but he did it six times. Johnson did it five. Isaiah did it two. Okay. Kim Olajuwon did it two. Magic Johnson did it five, and all the rest. So I'm saying all of these guys I mentioned did it all in one team. The Lions would have been to five finals with, with, with two different teams. And I think he's won two of them. To be considered, in my estimation, in, in the category with, uh, with the Michael Jordans and stuff, with the Michael Jordans and all that kind of stuff with the world. Right. You have to be in one place. But legacy, basketball legacy, I don't know about that. But a business move, what he did, great. So, when you start talking about the annals of basketball, you got to, in my opinion, you got to do it at one spot to be considered so, with the top. So LeBron never won a title in Cleveland. And he left. Exactly. He played, and then the champ- he won- he played and then a championship. But he never won a title he there. Win a title. He, he never won a title, title in Cleveland. And then he went and won two titles in Miami. Right. But his Ripping basketball it. legacy is never going to compare because he played in two cities. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you, if you, the, ones, the ones that I've mentioned, and they, and they talk about this, the ones that I've mentioned, Bird, Johnson, okay, Jordan, they all did it with one team. Nowadays, it's like you get these guys are trying to manufacture championships. Well, you know that that's too commercialized. I mean, you got to have you you got to do it with teammates, 
And you, you're trying, okay, man, I'm, let me go get Carmelo and put him with, 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 with LeBron, and let me go, uh, let's, let, let's go to L.A. and join with Kobe and whatever and stuff. I mean, you're trying to manufacture championships. That, you know, so you got to Free agency on the whole is a good thing for the players, is it not? Well, well man, but, but, but it's a good player. to the it, era before there was free agency in sports. I mean, if you go pre-Kurt Flood, when you had to be traded and you were basically just told what team to play for, that that was a shitty deal for the players, right? Well, we I understand that that, that, that version. That's one of the reasons I didn't play baseball. If I'd have waited a year, it'd been free agency in baseball from when I came out. Okay, it'd been free agency. I'm just saying nowadays it is good for it's good for the sport, but also when, when you see just like Pat Roddy said, hey, wake up and smell the coffee. If you got a good thing, don't break it. Well, they broke it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, if you see you a good, in a good situation where you can just stay there, you know, for free agency there. Come on, you know, come on, uh, Jerron. I mean, you already, you already got Megan. You know, he gave you an opportunity. You won, you won with the three fives and one two. You know, stay there. You can win two or three more. But are you gonna win? You gonna go to Cleveland and win too? I mean, that'd be good from a commercial standpoint. But in terms of the true strong basketball legacy. You stay there in Miami. That's what I would do. If I was advising LeBron to do strictly baseball, basketball, I'd stay in Miami. Obviously, as we know, uh, Warren Buffett advises him, which is a great man to be advised by with all the things he has. You see, see, I mean, I look at LeBron's championships in Miami, and I say it that way intentionally. I say I look at LeBron's championships in Miami as a personal thing that he needed to accomplish. And now I look at this move to Cleveland as an, an attempt to get Cleveland some championships. Not LeBron more championships for his legacy, but Cleveland, a city that is desperate for a championship in some sport. You mentioned Magic, and you mentioned Michael Jordan, you know, we got L.A. and Chicago. These are major cities. I mean, Cleveland hasn't been a major city in 70 years. Like, a meaningful city in terms of economic impact. It's it's a sad state of affairs, but it's the truth. Um, this, the only this, time Cleveland's been something was Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. That's it. That almost 50 years ago. Yes. <laughs> Jim Brown. When you think, when I think of Cleveland sports, I think about Jim Brown. And, and before that is when Satchel Page was on the Clevelandians. They won the, they were the only World Series in 1948. Satchel Page and 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 and, 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 and Bob Feller. That's it. Well, those three, those three guys. Here's the interesting thing, and, and, and you, you you're a professional athlete, and the the question the question one must ask is, do guys play? To win championships, or they do they play uh, for a legacy? Uh, I mean, if, if uh, both times LeBron, both times LeBron, let me let me finish real quick. Both times LeBron has gone somewhere. When he left Cleveland to go to Miami, he actually took a hit in pay. He could have made more money staying in Cleveland. When he left Miami to go to Cleveland, he takes a hit in pay, salary. We're not talking about all the other ways these guys make money. Um, you could have made more money staying in Miami. Uh, this, this like, as, as T-Bone says, you know, he went there to try to bring Cleveland championship. But as an athlete, do you play? What are you playing for? Are you playing for your legacy? Are you playing for championships? Or I mean, what are you, what are you playing for? 
Well, first of all, you know how you go play for championship going back to Cleveland when they, when, they, when, they, when they don't have a roster? You see, got to remember, individuals would do records, but, but players win championships. So who, they got to build a team. So, I mean, is it, 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 it guaranteed he's going to get the, the people like Wade and Bosch out in Cleveland? You got you got to build a chemistry. You got to make sure the coach and everybody's in sync. You got to bring the players in around LeBron. I mean, you know, he, he, he can carry a team, up, but, but, but sometimes carrying a team, you can carry a team to the finals, but sometimes you can, you got you to have a team to win the finals. Well, that's true. I mean, he's carried he's carried teams to five finals so far. I, I would think you would appreciate this move, AD. You talk about wanting to build the chemistry and build and earn a championship, not just commercially manufacture it. This is his attempt at building something that's going to last. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily going to work. It's not a sure thing. This is a gamble by any by any stretch when you talk about it from a basketball perspective. But he's he's stuck it out there and said, I'm going to try to make this work here and it's not a guarantee i mean you should appreciate that but right? i think my question, well, my no, question think is, is if, if he does make this work does that not create his mm-hmm. legacy for it i'm telling you i'm telling you it's a great business move as far as pure basketball legacy don't compare with jordan and all the rest of them that's all i'm telling you now 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 if he goes in there okay so how is lebron 29 years old mm-hmm. 29 in five years, he's going to be 35, okay? So in five years, he bring in three titles in five years? Or he's going to be a freak like with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and played in least 40. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you, you got to look at it that way, too. So I thought it was more of a business sense than a basketball move. That's what I thought it was. And, and some of the guys I know in, in business, they thought it the same way. I think it's a great business move on and off the court, what he can do for, for, for Akron, Ohio, the mainstay in Alpha said what he can do off the court as well as on the court. If he can bring another two or three, fine. But I'm just talking about in terms when everybody starts talking to Mount Rushmore basketball, first of all, it's Jordan and then everybody else. But all these other people, including Jordan, made their legacy with one team. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Now, now if he can do it with multiple teams, to me, that's like, it's just, why did he just stay in Miami? You know, Jordan Jordan had six titles, but uh, didn't Russell have like eleven? He had a lot. You know, he had eleven titles. He did all of one team, but still, you know, a lot of people question. Well, he didn't play the parody of Jordan, all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and, and it wasn't his fault because of the day it was a segregated league, segregated society. Now they didn't want that many blacks on the team because they thought they would offend. They would offend the public. You know, I mean, Red Albert, he'd had all black ball black ball players on the court if it was up to him, but. In those days, it was just Bill Russell and the rest. He didn't have the parity like they have today. But I'm, that's not taking his greatness away. We have 11 titles. But he's up there, too. Just based on what he went through in the era of the 60s and 70s. He, he was an icon of the time because of the situation he had to play. That goes for all the great players in any sport to play in the 50s and 60s. But, but you know, the 80s and 90s and 2000s, I mean, it's a whole other game. I mean, you know, uh, in my way, in a lot of ways, Bill Russell is, is above everybody in terms of what he had to go through. And then you want to talk about what ball players had to do, and particularly black ball players had to go through in those years. He's, he's, he's above Jordan. And he's the one who broke the walls down for Jordan. Well, so yeah, I'm I mean, just saying. I think, I think guys like that, guys like that, you know, they, they, they did – 
create a situation those, where, where other guys could get a chance to play. Okay. And, uh, to, me, those are the two, to me, those are the two icons. Those are the two. The Jim Browns, the Muhammad Ali, the Bill Russells, you know, the Hank Aarons, the Willie Mays. You know, I mean, those guys are the two icons. The rest of this stuff today, hey, you guys should get on your knees and pray for every everything. You, 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 those guys are missing, kiss the ground those guys walking because they wouldn't be doing what they're doing if what's with guys like that. So from a legacy standpoint, those guys are up there in my book a long way. But if we're pure back on what they've accomplished, you know, George, Russell, and everybody else is up there as well. But that's the only thing I wanted to say about Le- LeBron and stuff like this. And most kids, I see me, if it was just pure basketball move, I stayed in Miami. That's well, why yeah, everybody thinks more than his basketball. He, he, he a, did that book three. Yeah, I think he has a better chance of at least getting another championship anytime soon. That's the funny thing about legacies, though, is it's, it's, it's purely from outsiders looking in. So it's, right. it's a subjective thing. It's not, it's not a definitive, this, this is your legacy. It's according to me or according to this person or according to that person, this is this person's legacy. So it's a tricky thing trying to think about what your legacy will be and trying to write that story because ultimately it's still not up to you. Well, that's my point. I think, I think when you're playing, you can't, you really can't focus on legacy as opposed to going out there and put out a good product each night and, and trying to and trying to uh, trying to win because I don't think guys guys going going to sports to lose uh, they go on to win and they go on to win championships because that's the ultimate goal of uh, the concept of us sporting events. Uh, real quick, uh, AD, before we wrap things up, uh, I got this little note here. It says the tilt a kilt of Orange will be taking reservations for NFL fantasy draft between August first and September third. So you got to hurry and book your reservations. They offer free Wi-Fi, draft kit, and HDMI cables to connect your computers to one of their 60-inch TVs. Contact info to Tilt Kelp Management at 714-633-5458. You, uh, you got some stuff going on with that? Hey, man, look here, man. I'm going out there to see, eat me some food, fatten my gut a little bit, and look at the pretty ladies, and go run around. And go run around and talk to all the draft people and see what they're going to do and see if they're picking the right folks. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to be doing and signing my photos and autographs and stuff like that. But it's going to be a nice thing, man. Just, you know, hurry up and sign up, man, because it's going to be a nice function. Man. I'm looking forward to doing all that. Will you be there, will you be there on the 1st, which is uh, Friday, I believe? Well, I'm going to be there. I'm going to go on there just for the for, for see who signed up and stuff like that. And, uh, and I'm going to be in the mix because I'm going to be there uh, starting on the 30th for every game this year. For every UFC home game and away game, depending on what I might be doing somewhere else, but but I'm scheduled to be there for every week. The things might change because of some of the things events I've already committed to, you know. But my plan is to be there the 30th for the opening of the UFC game against Fresno State in the rest of the season, and then also with the fantasy football draft. Excellent. That's the tilt to tilt of orange, right? The tilt to tilt of orange. They got the they got the prettiest ladies in the, in the chain. <laughs> Andy, as always, it's always a great chance, uh, time talking with you and, and getting your insight on some sports. And uh, we'll chat with you again next week, man. Okay, you take care. You Catch too. next time, AD. Listen right, to Sports World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Take a break. Listen to the Black Whiskey Union. This is called Little Lady London. Back after this. Little Lady London, lover in the night with your sweet addiction.
paid off. I got the job. Oh, I knew you would get it. So when do you start? When you donate stuff to Goodwill, you help provide job training for people right here in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Kate Pearson from the B-52s for Rad. Getting drunk is your own business, but when you drive drunk, you make it everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be responsible, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hello, this is James Eday from the Dub Rock Duo. Just wanted to let you know that you're listening to Swoop World. listening all the different ways you can listen to Swoops World at SwoopsWorld.com as well as the TalkStream Live app, the Swoops World phone, iPhone and uh, Android app and soon to be uh, Windows app there. The That's right. Uh, got wrapped up there and uh, we want to appreciate, we appreciate all the ways you listen to us and those of you who uh, actually uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and Blueberry and all the other ways you can download us. If you go to iTunes and uh, and you like the show, definitely leave us a comment and a rating because it uh it helps us out there over at iTunes when Neil says people who like this also like that. Right. Type of thing. So uh, 
We want once again thank Steve Delevator for joining us. Yeah, and, Steve. Uh, he's uh, he's wrapping things up with Peter over there. He's been headed back out. We will see you soon, brother. And uh, check out City Lights. Uh, it's a new EP. It'll be out uh, within the next three or four weeks. Uh, uh, SteveDelevator.com. You can also find him on Facebook uh, by clicking on the, uh, the link here uh, on the Swoopsworld homepage. And uh, he's on SoundCloud and all the other ways you can listen to good independent music. Check him out. Buy his music. Follow him on Facebook. Like him on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, brother. See you guys. I'll be back here. All See you, right. Steve, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, getting ready for a little T-Bones timeout. You ready for your intro there, brother? Why not? Uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bones timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bones timeout. Discussion so far this evening. Yes, indeed. I feel like we're much healthier forum than ESPN in that regard. You know, <laughs> going to get suspended next week. Like Stephen A. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, and I've said way worse shit. Talk start me this place, be man. <laughs> I've said some shit. I would have suspended me for. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. But you know. The political correct machine that is the Walt Disney Company can occasionally catch up to even even their own. And uh, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> you give me a phone Poor dude. I, I, I don't have anything against the guy. I don't like to hear his voice. I right, gave back to you. No, you didn't. It's right here, man. Oh. We were on a little scavenger you. hunt here in the studio, and we found what we were looking for. Um, you know, there's always going to be some kerfuffles in the world of sports. Kerfuffles? You sports you, you, media. That word is just not used enough. Not nearly enough. Yeah. It's a fun one. Yeah, it is. I like to use it at least once a week. Well, good for you, brother. Whether here in studio or uh, in the presence of America's youth. They really <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. scratch their heads. Yeah, the youths. <laughs> the youths. Yeah. The youths. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, it's it's really liberating to be able to get up in front of a whole bunch of people whose opinions just don't legally matter yet <laughs> and just say whatever you want, you know, within reason. You can't you can't tell them to f off. But, you know, I mean, it's great from a public speaking standpoint. I got to say I I was always a capable public speaker, but never a confident one. Uh, I go, what do these people think of me? I just don't care anymore. So, for instance, I was always much more confident in my, than my capabilities really carried me. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's something to be said for that. There is, man. The Peter Principle works wonderfully. <laughs> it really does. Not named for anyone in studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Doyers, uh, they're locked in a, a heated battle with the Braves right now. They're tied 2-2 two, two to two in the ninth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braves, I guess they have bat speed to counter the, the Dodgers' foot speed. Justin Upton hit a solo shot to tie it up in the ninth. So, uh, those uh, ninth inning tie-ups, man, really, really pissed the starters off. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that there's one game still going on right now where it's unlikely that the team trailing is going to tie it up in the ninth, and that is 
Down in San Diego, the the Padres lead the Cardinals twelve to one in Oof. eighth at the moment. Good for them. And now nobody wants to hear about the Padres. I know, but but you're Padres, going to. If, if the Padres lead twelve to one. That goes into one of those uh, this date in history. Yeah. Well, uh, and, they're, and they're doing <laughs> it against a good thing. team. Yeah. You know? And here's the weird thing: is that the Padres over the last three weeks have traded away their closer, right? Who's a great ball player. Houston Street, I mean... He's a gamer, man. He is. And and anybody who watched him play in college, like, he played in the field and he batted. He did everything for Texas when he was in college. And he played great in Oakland and in Colorado. And he's been a very effective closer in a town that doesn't appreciate baseball, but generally has been able to see good closers from time to time. Um, they trade away Houston Street to the Angels. They trade Chase Headley to the Yankees. Cameron Mabin gets suspended for PEDs or whatever. It was just one of those seasons. In a, in a long history of forgettable <laughs> seasons, this seemed like one where we could slam the door particularly early. And all things considered, when you look at the top of the division, it's still the case. But uh, when, when Houston Street got traded from San Diego to the Angels, he, he said some things that I think may have intentionally or unintentionally lit a serious fire under the asses of the guys left in that clubhouse down in San Diego. Uh, he basically said that, contrary to what everybody who has ever followed the Padres closely believes, the current management is not the problem. He said that the players are the problem. And that's uh, that's a pretty <laughs> damning indictment from a guy who you've spent two or three years playing next to. <laughs> <laughs> Before he's even left town on the train or the bus or whatever yet. And usually the guys get traded or whatever, sour grapes, it's usually directed at management, right? Or, yeah, yeah. It's not normally like, they don't normally bash on yeah, the Yeah, it's not usually, fuck those 24 guys that right. I just played with. Right, no, it's it's that yeah. guy who traded me is an asshole, yeah. and, or the owners are cheap, or, you know, there's, there's some... So that's, you know, it, of, it's a different situation in the sense that he went from a team that's 99% not going to make the playoffs <laughs> to a team that's 99% going to make the playoffs. Right. Um, but you still, it, it was uncharacteristic yeah. of a guy who has been really not a wave-making kind of guy and right. just unexpected in general. I mean, you really don't see too many guys come out publicly and say these kind of things. So I, I got to think there has to be some truth to it. At least a bit, right? <laughs> yeah. There, there clearly were some folks in that clubhouse who weren't all that concerned with you know, the fact that they weren't going to finish better than third right. if the status quo remained. So, uh, but since then, this is the third time they've scored 12 runs hmm. in a game. and In the history of San Diego? No, it, since, <laughs> since, 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 since he left. <laughs> And uh, those are the only three times this season, I believe. And, you know, this is a team that's been offensively anemic for ten years now. I mean, they moved into Petco Park in 04, which the, the big gripe for many years was that, oh, it's a pitcher's park. Well, other teams bring their hitters in and the <laughs> ball goes a long way. <laughs> Problem isn't the field because both teams got to play on it. Right. So, I mean... There, there has been a commitment by management to the defensive side of things and the pitching side in particular. But 
That doesn't mean that there aren't hitters out there that can make it. I mean, all you got to do is look at Adrian Gonzalez was there for five years or whatever it was with no support in the lineup. And the four or five years he played for San Diego, he hit 100 RBIs. He had 100 RBIs and he hit over 30. Oh, yeah, over 300 and over 30 home runs every year he was there. And, And half of that guy's home runs were opposite field. So... You know, I don't. I just uh, anytime I heard it's doable. It's doable. I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not Colorado. Yeah. You know, where you're gonna just tap the ball and it's gonna fly out of there. But and it's still not, and it's not Boston. It's not Boston, right? Right-handers can can have stuff that wouldn't make the warning track of most parks and is gonna go over that big tall wall. Right. It's still only 350. <laughs> you gotta get it up in the air though. Gotta get in the air, which is. Generally not what these guys want to do, but right. in certain situations. Yeah, if you're playing 81 of your games there, then <laughs> that changes the way things work. Yeah, yeah. So why, why, you know, every football field dimensions are exactly the same. Okay, I know soccer is a little bit different. Every football field dimensions the same. Every basketball court dimensions the same. Why are baseball fields <laughs> varied? Well, you know, not every hockey rink is the same. Yeah, really? they're, yeah, they're all. I know that. They have to. I think they have to be the same They're, length. The but blue, other than the that, blue lines from from center ice to blue line is a standard distance, and from blue line to goal line, I believe, is a standard distance. Mm-hmm. But the, the distance between and the width, yeah. but the distance between the goal and the backboards mm-hmm. and the width of the rink are not standard. And There's how the there, backboards? There are ranges, and yeah, also how bouncy the they are. Rebound what kind and of stuff. bullshit is that? It <laughs> gives you a home ice advantage. <laughs> I mean, and. In hockey, they, they do it on but purpose. But it doesn't go away in... And so it, with baseball, too. But it doesn't go away in sports like football where the field is a standard dimension. Look at, for instance, if you're a college football fan, look at Notre Dame's field in comparison to most teams that play on natural grass. They don't have the Jesus in Dame. That wasn't where I was going. That's <laughs> true, though. That's, a, that's an advantage in itself, you know, depending <laughs> on which, which side of that fence you sit on. But... Um, Notre Dame, they let their grass grow to like four inches. I mean, it is for a slower, for a slower. Yeah, on well, you can see on TV, it's noticeably a good bit longer and thicker than pretty much any other team that plays on natural grass. And essentially, what that does is negate some of the speed advantage that some teams might have when they come into South Bend over the Irish. But that being said, some guys, some teams who, whose home fields are, are, are like Oregon and all these teams that play on artificial turf all year long, they, they, they are used to playing a speedier game. Mm-hmm. They have to go into natural natural turf. So I understand that, but you're saying that they actually go beyond that by growing the, the length of the, the way yeah, the Yeah, they the actually grass. grow their grass longer. I mean, you can see it. When you see the Coliseum has grass. <laughs> we should have played on St. Augustine. And, <laughs> well, I mean, they, they might as well be playing on, like, the rough Augusta. Augusta. I mean, it's thick. It is tall. It is going to slow you down. I mean, it's there's no way around it. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it's designed that way. And, you know, in baseball, even though, you know, we, we think about the non-standard dimensions of baseball fields from an outfield fence perspective. There's a lot that baseball groundskeepers do with the infield to make sure that, you know, they play to their team's strengths. I mean, there, there, have been, there have been instances where groundskeepers have been trying to 
slow down ground balls in the infield because they know they've got speedy runners at the plate and they can they have, they can have an advantage over a team's infield in terms of speed and groundskeepers try to make sure that that infield including the dirt is as wet as possible to the point where the ball has actually stuck in the dirt in front of home plate because it was so wet and the umpire said we're not playing another we're not having another pitch until we dry this out <laughs> i mean this is something that well, they got a bunch of fans part of the poly pavilion it's part of the gamesmanship you know this is one of those instances where had it been on a non-game day, they would have actually dumped gasoline on the wet dirt and lit it on fire. But because there were people in the stands, they couldn't do that. So they called in three helicopters and had them, you know. These are the things they do in desperation to try to dry out field. I'll tell you what, that Dodger outfield, I was sitting out there for the fireworks and racing. That's right. That's right. That, that outfield is better than some of the greens I've played golf on. It's, it's, they do a good job. They definitely do a good job. Groundskeeping has come so far in... In the 20 years that I've paid close attention, like I remember as a five-year-old kid walking into a Major League Baseball stadium cognizantly for the first time, like, I'm walking into the <laughs> tunnel and walking out and seeing a baseball field. Like, and this was when I was playing on a dirt field, you know. Yeah. And I walked out and I just, my jaw dropped, you know. It's gorgeous. And I look at pictures and videos of games back then in Major League ballparks, Dodger Stadium included, and I look at it today and it's night and day different. I mean... The cutouts are, you, they might as well have been done by a computer. Yeah. I mean, everything is so clean and precise, and the fields are all leveled by lasers. I mean, they know exactly where any high and low spots are, and they go out and just... I mean, it's the technology that they've in, in, integrated is incredible, but I'm, it's still just an in, amazing... And the uniform nature of the grass. I mean, like, when we walked out there, like, you know, it, it almost, you know, like... It almost felt fake. It was so perfect. And, you know, you're so used to, like, sitting on a lawn, any lawn, any well-maintained hey, lawn. I didn't, know, I didn't know Dave was in the uh, chat room. Dave's in oh. the chat room, guys. Hey, Dave. <laughs> it's not my chat room. My chat room's not working so correctly. Like, for instance, at, at Blair Field, which, you know, their groundskeepers probably get paid a lot less than the guys at Dodger Stadium, but they still work their butts off. Um, in foul territory, behind home plate, from either on deck circle inward towards the towards the back screen, they and you've seen this. You can see this in some of the college stadiums now, just because of cost savings. This is a part that's covered in grass normally, but it's not really affected. It doesn't really affect the the game for the most part. It's just hard to take care of. Um, they've taken that and have replaced it with artificial turf. And they get to put a cool logo in there and everything too. And it, unless you're really paying attention and notice that they're, it's missing the cross hatching from the mowing, right? It just looks like well, very well maintained grass. And you know, that's something where I, I'm glad they didn't put it in the infield itself because I think that artificial turf in baseball fields is a travesty and should never ever happen ever in the history of the world. Ever. I'm with you there. Ever. Um, but. In that part, it works. You know, I saw Oklahoma State had it when I was looking at watching the College World Series and the NCAA tournament in the last few months. But that's a tricky science, man, trying to get grass to grow in a variety of different environments. Like, for instance, here in L.A., where apparently 20 million gallons of water can dump out of a pipe in a couple hours, <laughs> uh, where we don't have 20 million gallons of water to spare. 
I don't know how much money we they don't spend. Have a, we don't have a gallon to spare. Yeah, I don't know there. how much money they spend on water at Dodger Stadium or at the Home Depot slash StubHub Center for that matter. But uh, question. Yeah. I saw something where they're fining the residents three hundred bucks. Will, will the DWP be fined for uh, all this? Loss no, the of DWP water? gets to stand behind a microphone <laughs> and tell people that we're just going to have to conserve water that much more. <laughs> I mean, that's already happened. Gotta tighten our belts. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind of people that, you know, work in that capacity. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry to derail your... Uh... But, you know, thankfully, that doesn't apply to big businesses. You know. Those evil corporations like the Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers. Yeah. Speaking uh, of corporations... Oh, my bad. Go ahead. No, no. I'm curious. I was, Where's this going to go? Sterling. Hmm. Let's talk Sterling. And I guess you're you're talking about Shelley because Donald is no longer part of the picture. <laughs> the, the judge did officially rule. You heard what she said, though, right? No, no, it's no, like tell me. I, this whole thing. It, we, we've all, all three of us have agreed this was a bunch of bullshit on their part. But she said, well, "I hope so." Uh, now the cell can go through, and soon you know, it'll be a great day when Donald and I can both go back to the games and sit there together and watch. This is all cucked up, and uh, we haven't seen the last of him in court. But. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so either. No, but I mean, the, the NBA is going to move forward as though everything is settled, and they're going to be fighting in appellate courts and losing this whole time. They're not going to get injunctions, I don't think, even, because the NBA has enough money at stake that they're, they're going to be able to just keep dicking them around. But, I don't know, I... These are just screwed up people, man. For sure. These are just yeah. weird, screwed up people. Rich. Weird, rich, screwed up people. Yeah, yeah but they're even like, they're like I, I think rich people look at them and go, you guys are weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think you might be right. <laughs> they are definitely, they're broken. There's no two ways about that. They're some broken people, for sure. Yeah, I was listening to some, was listening to some show there. You think, well, now that this, uh, you think the divorce is going to go through? They go, this, they're never going to get divorced. This is all set up. This is all... Playing exact, playing through exactly the way they wanted to play through. Uh, I think so, uh, yeah. Because even with her with her ruling, it's still then it becomes uh, something to do with the, the taxes, and you know he can get he can escape this. He can this escape guy that. clearly doesn't give a crap about public opinion. Oh, I mean, he never no, never no, has. No, 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 no. So him being crucified in the media as some sort of racist or nothing. bigot or senile or whatever, it, it's immaterial. I mean. They're going they're right. to make $2 billion, hmm. which is a, a, a figure that everybody from Forbes to fucking Fox News to anybody who's ever paid attention to basketball knows is way too much money to pay for this franchise. Even the, the interim CEO of the Clippers says, uh, how did he put it? He put it very uh, politically, uh, uh, he, he was very diplomatic about yeah. it. He said, it was the, the, value, the value of something is... The value that somebody's willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. It's, he's, he basically said it's overvalued, but if, if Bomber wants to pay two billion for it, that's what it's worth to Bomber. And he wasn't the only guy bidding, but no. he was definitely. Yeah. The but he was by a right, but a good bit. But I mean, we're still talking billion plus. Yeah. Was I think the other guys came in at like a billion six I or think something, it was like right which still to me sounds like for for the Clippers. Uh, it's storage overrated it's for sure. This goes, you know, five hundred here, five hundred more, five hundred more. Screw it. A billion more! <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's, I mean, that's kind of, I think, what happened there. Uh, but that being said, it's good for it's good for the league, right? That it was sold at that high at that price. Uh, and I think the ruling actually benefits Donald Sterling somehow, tax wise, or yeah, or capital gains wise, or something. Right. Somehow, somehow it actually benefits him. Um, from what, well, one of the pundits I was with. I don't know what the current loopholes in that whole fucking shitstorm are, but I mean, he paid what twenty million for this team? Uh, less than that, I think it was twelve. Paid Eleven million for this team. Yeah. yeah. So he's making. It's like two thousand. I was gonna say it's like something he's like, like two thousand percent on this investment. And so, yeah, it's, it's against a good investment. Against inflation, he's still making like a thousand. A thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And all he really wants is all of his slum, all of his slumlord shit. Drop the two million dollar fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the thing is, I don't think they can actually enforce him to pay that. No, they they can't. They they're, can't. They're never gonna get. They that can't million million. really enforce it. No. They'll spend more in lawyer fees to to actually try oh, yeah. to get them. They're just gonna let that go. And, you know, I mean, I think in the end, the NBA gets what they want. You know, they they get rid of him nominally. And, you know, they, they're getting rid of the family completely, which is what... Which is what they needed to do what from a... Believe. I don't believe she still well, owns a portion of it. Somehow, even with the sale, she's got some kind of hand on the team. Uh, I don't think she's... The way got, I, I don't heard think anyone it, in the family is going to have any control. Right. The way I heard it was she has been given rights to seats, right? Like like a, like a box or something like that. That's part of her, what she gets. And that's the and only... And she wants to go there with Donald. Well, yeah. And, but that's the only thing she has, as, as, as far as I remember that reading. That's billion dollars. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, she doesn't have any ownership except for that. you got a parking space, a box, and $2 billion. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Not, Not a you. bad deal. Not, Not a bad, bad deal. deal. Not a bad deal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you know, oh. it's funny money. Who knows? But uh, the, the NFL... Let's let's not talk about the NFL just yet. We'll take a break now. Scratch, yeah. Are you gonna pull a? Are you gonna pull a, a Steve with me? <laughs> Would you like to take a quick break? You know, this is from the Talk Show Network. We're gonna take a quick break and uh, come back and continue with T Bone's timeout. This here is. Uh, you muted me, man. I'm still talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, there we go. All right. Uh, how about Bill Gr- Bill Griziola, Blue Cafe? Back up. I never set a foot in the Blue Cafe. I'm never down on my luck. scripts know the law I've never gotten stuck In a taxi Take me away Don't let the meter Run too long All the reflections In my mind You are the one I'm not a regular guy 
cafe Tending bar is my art You don't hold the key to my love anymore My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst. And the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old... That means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, this is Barry Rolera. You're listening to Scoop World. We're right here in the middle of T-Boots Time Oh, we are, aren't we? We are. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about baseball. We talked a little bit about uh, you know, basketball. Baloncesto for you guys that speak Espanol. Uh, the Dodgers and the Braves are currently tied at two apiece in the 10th now, I believe. Uh, in the meantime, we can talk about something that absolutely doesn't matter at all. Which is NFL preseason football. Preseason football starts on. They still do that Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> this one's gonna take place uh, between the Bills and the Giants. That's one team that calls themselves New York, and another that actually plays. <laughs> actually in plays New in New York. <laughs> and uh, that's the Hall of Fame game. That one will take place in Canton, Ohio, on uh, this Sunday. How do they pick those those teams? I'm not entirely sure because that seems like a really 
Not a, uh, it's not yeah. a compelling game, and I understand it's preseason. Not so. a compelling game. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's wild. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be polite here. Uh, I don't hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, <laughs> this is what a '91 Super Bowl rematch, right there. Is that what that is? Uh, you know, yeah. There's nothing compelling. Um, I don't honestly know how they picked the teams for this one. But this is the first game of the of the preseason, and then several teams will get going on Thursday the seventh. Um, you know, including the Chargers against the Cowboys. And from there, you know, there's some teams playing that Friday, Saturday as well. Uh, preseason football is just silly. The first one, it's like, oh my god, it's almost like real football, and then all the starters leave after. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's just a tease, but sometimes that's what you need. You know. Here's what I hate about It's like going to a strip club. <laughs> no, strip club's without, more without, fun without, in America. Without the VIP room? Uh, here's, yeah. my, here's my problem with preseason football. I've been fooled more than once thinking my team had a really good shot. That is your they, problem. They wandered <laughs> through. They've wandered through, blazed through preseason. You know, like five and zero oh or four and zero oh or how many sorry ass games they play, and uh, Lord knows that ain't the real. Yeah, that ain't that's the real deal. That's pretty crappy. Um, all of the major college conferences, I think, have now concluded their uh, their big media days. All of them have, like, for instance, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC. They've all done their big media days where they have, like, a three-day three day summit at some hotel, and they invite all of the beat reporters that cover them and any other national college football writers to come and interview the coaches for each team and a couple of players from each team and vote on who's going to win and all this crap. It's really funny. It's a whole big dog and pony show, but um, you do get the occasional funny little morsel out of the whole deal. Um, but, yeah, college football, this will be the first year of the new four-team playoff that they're um, introducing. Post-BCS Yeah, the era. BCS is dead. Long live the BCS. Um, no, not really. Uh, yeah, this is the, the, the first year of the new system. And, you know, I, I remember the first year of the BCS and the first year of the first change to the BCS <laughs> and every other little tweak that's happened since. And, you know, for all of the, the knocks that that whole thing got, at least it was a system open to change. I will, I will you know, I will give it that. They, they were willing to change it many, many times. And they the did. Course of its they did. 12-year history. Just, just want to throw something out there, because, mm-hmm. you know, you've tossed a few things at us recently. You said you remember the VCS started and it changed and all that stuff. Just a few short years from now, you're going to mention that, and somebody you're talking to is going to go, I went bored. The BC what? Back to this day. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's fair. I, I've earned that. Damn right. I, I, the, I have. Uh, it's a weird side habit of mine to try to explain college football to people that don't follow it. You know, I've explained it to a few women along the way. My age, of course. <laughs> and they look at me like I'm crazy. But I, uh, all the people I've explained it to, aside from them, for the most part, have been 
kids born after the BCS started, which is weird, weird in itself. Like, yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, they exist. They, people are still breathing. And they can talk. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the kids that I work with right now were born in like 2001, 2002, 2003. It's crazy to me. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> What's that? What's this nonsense you speak yeah. of? <laughs> you're born in the wrong millennium. That's your problem. That's your problem. Uh, but, yeah, college football is going to see a big change in a year. You know, we've seen several years of weird changes, like all the different things that start as far as conference alignment and stuff. But this is the first big structural change in terms of actually determining a champion. In, I mean... If you look outside the context of I want to rail on the BCS and say it sucks for whatever reason, well, that's easy it was still part of the bowl thing, you know. So right. this is really the first time that major college football has has embraced a real big shift in that model ever. Yeah, I mean they're actually talking. Essentially, it changes the bowl yeah. system, and that's what everyone was afraid Not of. Huge, all, all but the people it in power does change. So, you know, I think that they're they're easing their way into it, where the four the four big money games are still going to matter in some capacity, uh, and from there they're going to find out that a lot of people are going to be more excited to go to a bowl game than they have in a long time. So I think that you know, money wise, it's going to work out. It's going to be good for college football in the in all the ways that. Real college football fans probably hate, but ESPN and the conference presidents all love. Sure. They're going to make more money. A lot more money, probably. Yeah. So this will be the first year of that new experiment, and we will give it a year or two before they start to tweak, 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 and the floodgates will open, and we'll be at eight teams in two or three years and 16 teams in four or five years. And if we get to 64 teams, it'll be really funny. Because by then, the basketball tournament will be at, like, 300 million teams playing. <laughs> but, like I said, it'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining. That's all you can ask for. You can kiss goodbye the idea of, like, a really great regular season that matters a lot. I mean, you, we already have in some ways. Like, I mean, two years ago, three years ago, whenever, whenever it was that LSU beat Alabama in the regular season, and then Alabama didn't even make the conference championship game and then still managed to get voted in to the BCS title game as the number two and beat LSU. Uh, that was when the regular season ceased to matter from that perspective. And that's that's going to be the norm going forward. Like, you know, we had a, a system in place where if you won 11 or 12 games in your regular season, if you went undefeated, you were pretty you were in pretty good shape to go there. Unless you were Auburn. Um, or Penn State. But screw you guys. But, <laughs> and that's warranted. Um, Pedophile State. Yeah. <laughs> gotta go all Sandusky on yeah, Gotta go all Sandusky. If, if forevermore, man. Forevermore. <laughs> I'm sad that I ever even mentioned that it might be too soon. Because it was never too soon. It was never too soon. Sandusky. Over and over. Uh, 
tore down Joe Pa's statue. Yeah, they straight said on that statue, too. They hooked it up to a tank and yanked it out the ground. It looked like, it looked like they did to freaking uh, Hussein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Sad no, him. not terrible. Sad him. <laughs> oh, Lord. This aggression will not stand. <laughs> my favorite sport it's changing a lot this year again you know, know what it is the most exciting sport because uh, you know when you uh, i love pro ball and stuff like that but the, 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 the when you have the student pop, student body population at a game and all, you know all that shit that goes along with it all the bullshit and bands and marching bands and you know fight songs and stuff there's nothing there's nothing like it man there's nothing like college college football it's true um, you know, a lot of a lot of the big colleges that have been mainstays in the sport for our you know, century are seeing disturbing declines in the number of students that actually buy season tickets to their games. And you know, we've seen the ticket prices go up, not as much as they could have. I mean, honestly, like I, I keep a pretty close eye on both the the gate prices and you know, the face value prices and the secondary market prices for college tickets because I'm you know, one of my ways that I dance, puppets dance. <laughs> but um, the compared to the way I've seen other prices rise over the last few years, they haven't really gone up that much. But student tickets have gone up a lot. Really? Yes. Uh, part of that is That's athletic, way to go, man. athletic departments. Um, they're not getting as much in the way of donations in a lot of cases. Um, and students, you know, student bodies aren't voting for the kind of subsidies that they have in the past for athletic departments. So they're, they're getting less money from the alumni. And less money from the students themselves. So that's one of the funny things. Like, if you ever, if you go to Long Beach State right now, you get free admission to basketball games, volleyball matches, baseball games. You get to go for free with your ID. Free is a funny thing, though, because you've paid for it because of the Beach Pride Initiative, where, you know, you get charged an extra 120 bucks a semester to go to those things for free. Peter, you want to read what Dave put in the chat room? I thought you pretty interesting. You want me to read it out loud? I would like you to read it out loud. So Dave, one of our regulars, has pointed out that I don't, I don't think we'll ever see 64 team playoff in football. That would add another six weeks to the season. While the NCAA would love that, they certainly would, because of the money to be made, that's 18 games. They would need to shorten the regular season because there's no way their bodies could handle a season longer than the NFL, which is, I mean, they might be able to, but that would be grueling. T-Bones are a collegiate uh, expert. Well, if if they were to, I mean, and, you know, what I say, a lot of that was in jest in terms of a 64-team playoff in football, but... Uh, were they to add it to that extent, I don't think any athletic directors would have a problem cutting the regular season to nine or ten games. Because, the, and first of all, these major conferences right now are playing either eight or nine regular season conference games. Um, 
And playoffs just means much, much more money than regular season games. And at this point, the playoff is going to accentuate the need to play quality non-conference games. And if you're going to be able to say, well, screw it, we don't need the money. I mean, the the only teams that stand to benefit from the extra three games or four games of non-conference play are the big schools that are going to make seven or eight million dollars off the gate from a home game. So, for instance, if Michigan is playing a home game in the non-conference schedule against Appalachian State, provided they don't lose at home, <laughs> they're going to make a buttload of money and be able to give Appalachian State or whatever you know lower-level opponent they're playing, they're going to give them a million bucks and say, here, we just made six million net. Like, we're good. Um, the teams that stand to benefit from a big playoff... They're not making money off the off the longer regular season anyway. Not enough to justify the difference. Like if, if for instance, Boise State in their still pissant conference got the opportunity to play in this playoff and get extra games against these big conference schools and make money in that realm, they'd make way more than they would with their three games or four games of non-conference playing on the road against these schools on at, on their home fields. I mean, the money. The control aspect and the money aspect still benefits the big schools either way. Uh, this way might benefit the big schools less. So that's the only thing preventing that from happening, honestly. I agree that the players probably shouldn't play 18, 19 games of, regular, uh, of a season. It's just not good for guys, even in the NFL, uh, which is why I think an 18-game regular season in the NFL is bogus. I hate the preseason as much as anybody, but I think 16 games is more than enough for the regular season. Let these guys play five or six snaps in the in the preseason and call it a day. But uh, I am in no way advocating a bigger playoff in the in college football. But it's gonna happen, whether it stops at eight or 16 or God forbid 32. It's gonna get bigger before it stops. Like four, four is a gateway drug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. So I agree hundred percent. There's uh, no way they're gonna stop at four. Yeah, they're gonna like see, see how exciting that was. Yeah, see how successful that was. We need, and then there'll be those teams that are like, well, we should have been one of those four. Wow. Okay, next year, there'll be eight. See, see how big it was. Yeah. See how successful and, it was. And yeah. you know, it's a living. hundred percent. It's right. a living document. So. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's tweaking to be had. Living, breathing document. Yeah. And, you know, we, we will see where it goes from here, but I I give it two years before we go to eight teams, honestly. I I don't see it lasting in the four-team iteration for very long because there is still more money to be run out of this rock. A lot more. And they yeah. are going to squeeze every last dollar out of it until they choke the motherfucker. So... They they will eventually that's slaughter. School, that's some old school shit, dude. They, they, <laughs> they will eventually slaughter this goose, but um, for right now they're still they're still milking it for all it's worth. And I see, like I said, in two years it'll change again. Before sanity may never ever come back into the equation if it ever was. <laughs> yeah, equation. what are you talking about? I mean, sanity. sports by definition is fueled by fanatics. So, I mean, the money comes from people who are devoted beyond any sort of reason. So Radical. This is interesting. Uh, Dave says if they're smart, uh, they'd go to 16 teams and use the minor bowls for the first rounds to build uh, the Rose or the Orange Bowl or whatever. 
to you know the bigger bullets. Uh, I, I think with bowl game, we have way too many bowl games. Um, For sure. I mean, back in back in my day, <laughs> you had the orange, you had the sugar, you had the rose. <laughs> well, cotton. Yeah, cotton. There, there are ways to make it work in that fashion. Um, it would have to be a little bit more regionally diverse than the current bowl structure is. Right now, you've got a handful of bowl games in places where nobody wants to go in December and January, like Detroit. Uh, <laughs> Albuquerque. You're, you're living in December and January and Detroit in the same sentence. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that it's desirable to go to the other times of year, but... For the most part, the bowl games historically have been played in places like California, Arizona, Texas, Florida, New Orleans, Florida. I mean, that's where the bowl games have been. They've been in places where in January or December, it's not awful to be there. It's reasonably nice. Yeah. (laughs) Compared to the rest of the country, it can be a nice little escape for a few days. Um, To make the model where it's a progressive playoff work where they are utilizing the lower the lesser bowl games the a lot of these folks in places in the north you know which apparently according to ESPN doesn't matter in college football anymore but it still does like Ohio State or you know Oklahoma is not a nice place to be in December and January but <laughs> July or August. Apparently, some of us have to go there in August. There there are plenty of places that still field competitive teams that are in parts of the country that are not desirable to be in at that time of year. Um, They do deserve some some regional consideration when we talk about an expanded playoff. Like right now, when we're talking about four teams – Two games for semifinals and a championship game. Put it where people are going to want to go, you know, because you can plan and go. And, you know, the NFL is a different beast. There are 32 NFL teams, and they're in the biggest cities in the country. Columbus, Ohio, not a big city. Ann Arbor, Michigan, not a big city. Norman, Oklahoma, not a big city. Eugene, Oregon, not a big city. The state of Oregon, not a big here's, state. Here's the thing, though, when you talk about sports and, and big big markets like that. I think because we've all been to states where they don't have a professional name your sport team. Uh-huh. But the minor league team there is huge. And I don't know, if the, I don't know that it, it translates to a professional team, uh, but it does – the minor league team does really benefit the economy. Mm-hmm. And it gives people the cheer about, gives something something to get behind, and, and things like that. So you're right. There's no there's no Eugene doesn't have like a, a pro football pro football team and stuff like that. And, and you know, the Sooners are the biggest thing in you know. Well, now the Cowboys have had some good seasons back to, put together. But you know what I'm saying? They were orange. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I think, yeah. I don't know that it would translate to a professional team. Well, and that's that's the main thing that I was trying to get at is that. The NFL in the playoffs does not attract regular football fans. No! Playoff games in the NFL. Not as a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing on just a li- slightly lower scale. The people that attend playoff games in the NFL, and the Super Bowl is the mother of it all, 
They aren't the fans of that team. No. They are the corporate bastards. You know, and I'm not trying to go all class warfare. No, but it is. It is. But, it's in whatever station, whatever channel it's on. It's all their new shows. Uh huh. Yeah. Or you CBS to, is yeah. pimping How I Met Your Mother. Right. Exactly. While they're, while that, they're that's pretty, what you see in the stands. Yeah. The World Series the same way. Yeah. And, and, and the, I have a friend that goes the, to the World the, uh, the, the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a friend that goes to the Super Bowl every year. This guy has, it's an experience, and he has more money than God. Mm-hmm. And he buys, like, him and, you know, four or five tickets, you know. And he's always sitting right, you know, the primo seats. And it's like, he's spending, forget about, like, what he does while he's there. Because, of course, he doesn't stay in any of the cheap hotels, and he attends all the events. He's spending, like, $10,000 just on tickets. Yeah. And, I mean, who can afford that? I mean, I could be the... Not the, behind any specific team. Yeah. It, <laughs> he's, 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 no, I mean, that's it. Because yeah. he, he lives here. You know, right? So he doesn't even have a favorite team. He just love. And he said, and, I love the environment. He says, it's mm-hmm. it's super exciting. It's a great I, week. I believe it. You know, and like, that's what he likes. The, the times when and the Super Bowl it. has been in San Diego, like the whole NFL experience thing they do is really cool. But, you know, um, it's not just but, football. Because I've, I've been to prize But fights. that's when that's the destination, you know. Like, that's the same thing with the bowl games. I mean, even if you're if you're a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs and they get to go to the credit card bowl this year, it's in Orlando. And it's like, that's it. That's our destination. It's not like we're going to go there and then we're going to go somewhere else a week later and then we're going to travel to Charlotte and then we're going to travel to San Antonio and then we're going to travel – but that's, what's, that's I mean, what's happened to everything because, like I said, I've been to championship fights, and I mean, like I'm, a, I'm, a fight, apart, I'm a fight fan, right? I mean, I was like, I loved it, and but you look around, and you're going, you're not a fight fan. You're just like you're here to be seen, and you're here to be seen, and you're, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, I, I think what happens with all these major events, and I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about like the big championship fights. Like, I, last one I was, I mean, it's been a long time, about four years. More. Uh, no, seriously. I mean, the last fight I went to, the uh, big one I went to was, I think it was Hearns Hagler or something like that. So that was in the 90s, right? Um, but I think what happens you, you, when you see these prize fights, you and I watched one, right? Justin Bieber's walking down the fucking thing right there. <laughs> oh, you're you look at you look in the stands, you're going to go, you're not a fight fan. You know what I mean? I mean it, 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 it happens with World Series. In it I'm not trying to it. say that college football should shun the idea of publicity and money. You know? No, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what makes it go world. It world. does. I mean, you can't you can't just block it out and say no. we're not we're not going to accept publicity and celebrities and money. You know, like don't be an idiot about it. But but at the same time, well, let's not pretend these people are there because they they're a big 49er fan. No, but, but, and and, you know, like this is where I think the current bull structure is just so fucked up that I don't think it in itself is worth keeping. Like the fact that Orlando has three bowl games in a 10 day span in the same stadium, like (laughs) why, 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 who left that one, get that off of there, put the other thing. Yeah. Why does, why does the city of Charlotte, why does, why does the city of Tempe or, you know, the, the, the Phoenix area have two bowl games in five days. Well, they have the Tostitos. And they have the Fiesta Bowl and they have the, I don't know what it's called now. It used to be the Insight 
dot com, whatever. And I'm tired of all these corporate names. Yeah, for well, that's not going away either. But, I mean, orange, rose, sugar. But the thing is that all these newer Cut. bowls, like, if, if the argument is for tradition, then none of these newer, none of these games in the last 25 years should be taken into account to begin with. The Facebook.com. I think I think if we're gonna go to an expanded playoff, we should just say screw all of these games that they have to show nothing but the field because the stands are empty. Screw all those. Make the first two or three rounds home field. Those teams, if we're gonna, especially if we're gonna make it a big enough playoff that we have to shorten the regular season by a game or two, throw that dangling, dangle that carrot out there. Say, kick some ass in the regular season and you get an extra home game. I think that, you know, like I said, most of the bowl structure, I'm totally fine with saying, screw it, it's gone, put it in the junk. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't give a crap about the champsports.com bowl, or the Meineke car care bowl, <laughs> so, you know, not the, or the, not the Napa or the, yeah, the department store bowl, or any of those, I don't care, I mean, other than the fact that I like to watch football rather than speak to my family, I don't care about these games. Like, that's the only reason that any of these games have flourished at all, is because people would rather look, look at the TV when there's football on it than talk to their family yeah. over the holidays. You're like, hang on, the Gamecocks are on, the Gamecocks are yeah. on. <laughs> but if you could take that same, that same thing, and, you know, they could stagger it so that they could have playoff football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday for, for the first two rounds, you get two weeks of... Thursday, Friday, Saturday football. High school football is already over. The NFL doesn't need to go to Saturdays until January. Right. They're still going to do Thursdays because they're just being grubby dicks. The one, the one. I mean, it's workable. Just so you know, it's 59. Uh, the one, the, the one. Uh, Watching the clock tonight, huh? No, I'm just letting you know. Because last time I didn't watch the clock, you guys came I'm down, just giving came down you hard shit. On, came down hard on me. The one interesting thing is a, a, a state that has two professional football teams, which is Texas. When you start talking high school football there, man, I, it, almost, it almost surpasses their, their professional teams. I mean, because, you know, I drive to go visit my family in uh, Oklahoma. And I'm driving through Texas, and you, you, if you have a, any of the sports chants, I, I think I've told the story before. This is a sports station. These guys are calling call in sports and talking about this, you know, well, Joe, Jones, you know, he had a good game last week. And I'm like, who's Jones? And, you know, realize, and then I soon realized they're talking high school football, man. I mean, it's a big freaking deal on major radio stations. And uh, it's... Normally, when we talk about like we were just saying before, before you know Eugene's and like these are teams, these are states that don't have professional teams. The weird thing is, is with Texas, and I don't know how it is in either. You know, I'm limited to what my what I know. Texas, a team that has two professional NFL teams and pretty darn good college ball teams. High school football is a huge deal. Well, yes, it is definitely. And then you have to take into account. Geography and population density. So, I mean, radio, terrestrial radio, is something that is bound by the limits of your population density. And that's what opens the door for folks in Texas more than here, for instance. Yeah, to, that's why I drove through. I had satellites. So I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> to talk about high school football because your AM radio station, your average AM radio station, like, 
we've got a couple hundred mile radius. And in Texas, a couple hundred mile radius is like seven towns. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a bit for a lot, effect, lot of longhorn towns. But you get the idea. In LA and Orange County, this big blob that we live in, there are 600 high schools or something ridiculous like that. 400 of which play football at a varsity level. Like, I mean, I've run the numbers. I've looked at it. Texas, Texas, you know, they have had state championships for a long time. California has this weird bastardized version of a state championship that they've been rolling out over the last six or seven years. Yeah, and I and I and I tend to agree with you where you're going with that because I, I I never thought about it that way. But you don't you don't you can't you don't tune in the AM radio and hear anybody talk about Poly, which has been cranking out championships for years, or even uh, Concord de la Salle, right? You don't hear that on local AM stations here. And maybe you're right. The about population, that. Right the population. That. Granted, you know, in in Texas, you have the metroplex. You know, the yeah. whole area surrounding Dallas. That you know, you've got millions of people that live there. And it's a huge population center, but it's still not nearly as dense as it is here, even in LA, which is not as dense as, for instance, New York City or places in that, you know, on the East Coast. But, but I mean, it's it's just yes, they are very passionate about it there. I wasn't trying to take away from that. No, 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 I wasn't. But I uh, I do want to stick up for California high school football right here and say that. You know, there are more kids in California that play high school football than in Texas. Still, even though it's, you know, Californians are pussies, supposedly, whatever. And Texas is football country, supposedly, or whatever. Like, I don't buy that. Um, California's state champion year in, year out, if we had a real state champion, would whoop Texas's state champion's ass. <laughs> and probably Florida's, too. And if you talk to college coaches across the country, those are the three places they want to be. They want to have a presence recruiting in California, Texas, and Florida. Yep, yep, you're right there. That, I mean, aside and Ohio, you know. So if you want to look at college recruiting and, and you know, yeah, <laughs> but if you want to look at college recruiting, college college football recruiting, and you know, trying to get electoral college votes, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> If you can get a combination of any two of California, Texas, Florida, and Ohio, you've got a good chance of winning. So, College football coming up soon. NFL preseason starts on Sunday, and, uh, you know, real football starts in about a month plus. So, God, I can't wait. This has been a hot, football-free, hockey-free you heading down to Kilton the first? Uh, the year, uh, the year, uh, you know, I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in Mammoth this weekend for the beer, the beer fest. fest. Yeah. That's time again. Very right? nice. And uh, I'm going to see J Bro for the first time since he moved up north. Give J Bro a high five. I, for I us, shall. Yeah. And uh, you know, from there, hit the Kern River in a few weeks and just good, a good life. So. There you have it. Another edition of T-Bots. 
Shelley Morrison and Walter Dominguez calling in, talking about a, a, in a film that uh, they produced together. Now, Shelley was, uh, she was uh, on Will and Grace. Right. They're both past guests of the show. Fantastic guests. We enjoyed them immensely last time. Look forward to talking to them again this week. Uh, I want to thank Steve Delamater for joining us. World premiering his uh, CD City Lights. Go to stevedelamater.com. Also, you can go to swoopsworld.com. Click on the Steve Delamater uh, post there, and then it'll take you to his Facebook page and the SoundCloud and all that kind of stuff from there. Shelly played uh, the maid. What was her name on the Will and Grace? Gosh, I forget. I couldn't tell you. Escapes me now, but she was, <laughs> she was there every every season. And, uh, they're, they're, her, huh? No. Uh, I forgot, but her and Walter uh, were really good guys. We're looking forward to talking to them again. A lot of fun, and it's a really interesting uh, documentary that they put together, so we'll have a chance to chat with them. I want to give a shout-out to those uh, listening on the uh, TalkStream Live, those of you listening on SwoopsRoll.com and all the SwoopsRoll apps. Thank you, Dave, for tuning in, as always, and uh, until next week, we'll see you all again. Dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.